Hello and welcome under the Kotatsu. I am your host, Austin, joined as always by Danny. Hello. And Danielle. Hey, nerds. Uh, and we are back to finish the summer of Wixos. Wickross, I'll never say that right, uh, <laughs> with the <laughs> last six episodes of Selector Spread Wixos. And boy, were they some episodes. Uh, but before that, uh, what is everybody drinking? Uh, we'll go from west to east. Danielle, <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> I've just got some iced tea. Unsweetened. Nice. Classic summer beverage. Uh, Danny, you are the next uh, weestest. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm drinking uh, in a similar vein. I've recently gotten back into those like pow- like powder mixes for drinks. You know, I have two of like those, cocaine, two... like back back the way they used to do it. Yeah, <laughs> when you used to drink it with your sprite. Yeah, they, they diluted the sodas. Mm-hmm. Two. I have two bottles of it with, or I have like two water bottles that I put the powders in. One of them is a peach iced tea, and then one of them is, I think, a raspberry lemonade. So maybe uh, maybe I'll make a Arnold Palmer midway through oh, the, the thing. Yeah, you gotta like consult your doctor before that. You're not allowed to mix the two powder packets unless you know your doctor <laughs> says it's okay. You have to go to WebMD and check the uh, interactions. Yeah, it's... both. Oh, both powders. I was gonna say a real off-color joke. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back. Um, <laughs> it's not that's not nice to say, but uh, <laughs> and you're doing the the powder, not that uh, that Mio squirt. Nonsense, no, the, the real yeah, shit. No, I just want something where you uh, uh, pour, you know, pour it into a glass of water or a glass bottle, shake the fuck out of it, and then I typically yeah. have like one of them kicking around in the the fridge, or at least one of them kicking around in the fridge, you know, getting cold and a nice little system. Well, I am drinking as everybody does in the month of August, a Oktoberfest beer, um, <laughs> because the grocery <laughs> store had it. I was like, it's not the right season, but damn if I don't love them. Uh, so it's, it's October in my heart as always. Um, ha- Halloween is, is all year round, as they say. I, uh, I got really happy and then really sad. I was like, oh, well, like it's next month. Right. And then I realized that it's, yeah. there's September in the way, the, the final well, boss of summer. You got a pregame for the spooky month in September. September is like the, the pre-roll into, into Halloween month. Um, in my mind, the month is just called Halloween cause that's. Yeah, you know, that's the highlight. That's what you're there for. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I guess we have some anime to talk about, regrettably. Um, in the words of our friend Tyler, we're, we're just really on a uh, on a bent to make ourselves hate anime, which is not <laughs> true. Uh, Hopefully, I, my next pick but, will make us feel better. I, I'm really hoping. That's true. I, I will personally resolve to do better next time. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we watched episodes 7 through 12 of Selector Spread Wixos. We'll just get right into it. Uh, episode 7 is called That Lie is a Scar. Um, Ulith punishes Akira for her unsightly tactics, expressing her joy of breaking things in people, and stating her wish is to have everybody continuously suffer in the Larig cycle. Fearing for Hitoe's safety, Ruko agrees to battle against Ulith in order to rescue her. As Ruko and Tama battle against each other seriously, Tama urges Ruko to defeat her quickly using Iona's level 5 form, with Tama barely withstanding Iona's attack. Uh, it is then that Iona recalls that Mayu is actually the mother who gave birth to Iona, the girl of darkness, and Tama, the girl of light, at which point Mayu deals her own punishment to Iona. Uh, and that's the end of the episode, I guess. She, uh, she just remembers it. Like, oh yeah, yeah. right. A lot of these episodes are just, oh yeah, that is what that is. 
does not help that Mayu is just a fucking uninteresting character in every single fucking thing she does. <laughs> yeah, we get more of that next episode, I think. Um, but this episode, she's just kind of like, we they cut to her every now and then. It's like, ah, yes, Yona, you are the girl of darkness. And Tama, you are the girl of light, as if we didn't like already figure that out last episode. Wow, it's the only light and dark cards in the show <laughs> are special? <laughs> You there in the white dress, you're the girl of light. And you there in the dark robes, you're the <laughs> girl of darkness. Well, and this is something that will come up uh, more and more um, as these episodes go on. Uh, but this show is, or this episode is primarily, or, or a good chunk of the first half of it at least, is just Ulith being like, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sick fuck. But not in like an interesting way, in the way that Akira is. It's just like the i want to be evil for evil's sake like she doesn't really have like a a goal other than just being evil which can work but for some reason didn't really work here but um i don't think we need another 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 <laughs> long ass character introduction the same way that we had with the writer in the last episode where it's like we're gonna have a whole section of this episode talk about what it's like to become a larig or, or whatever the fuck uh-huh. Like, we don't need that. We don't. I don't care about Ulith's story of how she's always been a sicko since birth. Um, all she needs to say is, um, yeah, I like breaking things and being, like, horrible, horrible to Akira. Um, in this episode, especially, where she's just, like, she calls her unsightly or, or hideous. And unfortunately, she says hideous and does not say, uh, uh, is it from Eva Kimochiwaru? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't say that. She says how hideous instead. Uh, and then Akira, just like for the rest of the, the episode, just kind of sits in the corner. It's like, okay, never mind then. Yeah, very funny that uh, we get the backstory on uh, the Joker character uh, being Ulith, and the backstory is just, yep, I've always been the Joker. <laughs> it's like, wow, so deep. That really added a layer to your character. Um it's like, not that I want there to be, I don't know, not that I think it'd be interesting, because, like, we already have that with Akira, right? Like, there's a reason why she's the Joker, but um, with with Ulith, it's just like, yep, born the Joker, always the Joker. Um, <laughs> it's just, I, I, this this show in general just thinks, like, we've talked about this before, I guess, in terms of just, like, how a lot of the, like, teenage characters are written. It's just like, oh, yeah, teenage girls are just, like, inherently evil, and, like, you have to, like, actively work to, like, be a nice person in the face of that. Uh, so there's like a plethora of characters in the show that are just like, yeah, I'm just a little freak. That's just my whole deal. Like I don't, I don't have any reason why. It's just like that. Like that ultimately ends up being Mayu. It's just like, yeah, I'm just a little, little vengeful little freak. That's just that's well, just my deal. Well, at least with like Akira, it's like to an end. Akira is a little freak because she wants to ruin Iona's life. Iona's a little freak just because she wants to become Rue's the rig because she's battle hungry like yeah and that's fine <laughs> because she's also a little rig but also a person but also a, a eternal anyway um everyone who's like a sicko in this is is like a sicko for a purpose i mean chiori's like not the joker but she's like a little goober and it's you know for a specific purpose they they aren't they they explicitly show she's not always been like this uh yeah versus Ulith, who literally, it's not like, oh, I want to become the most powerful, I want to become the new Mayu, I want to become the mega eternal girl, or anything like that. No, she just, like, she's like, yeah, I like I like killing bugs, and, like, making someone feel really good, and then breaking them, because I'm a sicko. And it's like, 
It really is a talent to make evil mean women I don't like. Right? <laughs> Yeah, good job, uh, Ms. Okada. I, I just remembered the way I put it in my notes after she, because she has like this whole monologue about like, yeah, I just like killing bugs. And then I found out about the selector stuff. I was like, this is perfect. I love fucking up uh, teenage girls' lives and making them miserable. Um, I was just like, cool monologue, Michael Myers. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's literally like the, it, and it's especially like the Rob Zombie version of Michael Myers where he's like, uh, you know, um, uh, doing things to animals and stuff like that in that movie that's like oh he's see, he's always been fucked up he's just he's just chaos and evil incarnate like that's Iona's whole thing it's just like oh yeah um, just not very interesting and we I think it's literally like the entire first half of this episode is like building up to when they actually like uh, battle and it's just Iona being like oh look at me I'm I'm the Joker I was like I get it <laughs> or religious or religious spin wheels uh, <laughs> you can't just like because. The funny thing is, like, if this were, like, a ding-ding-ding, uh, uh, I'm bringing it up uh, less than 20 minutes in, <laughs> but um, if this were, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh! episode, we would have gotten into the duel, like, way sooner, but because the show just, like, not, only so much can happen in the duels, or, or in the battles, I guess, in the parlance of the show, um, they, like, an episode can't be, like, 75% battle. It has to be, like... 50% Joker monologue and then like 25% battle and then 25% like wrap up post battle, um, which is like, I don't think it like needs to be like all battle all the time, but it's like, um, you know, like <laughs> it's functionally just not a card game anime. Because yeah. They don't use the card games as like the storytelling device at all. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be replaced. It could be with, like, like they're playing fucking tic-tac-toe and the, the game. <laughs> Right, exactly. The they same. could literally just be playing like chess or, or backgammon or something. Like it, it does not like matter. even like in the later episodes. There's like slight hints of like actually using like the gain state to like raise yep. stakes. But this is a fucking card game show. <laughs> Do that the entire time. Though this the, the show did give me the ultimate strategy for winning any Wickross uh, duel, um, and we'll get into it. But it's a guessing game uh, that apparently you can only do <laughs> yeah. once. So. Uh, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, like, in something like Yu-Gi-Oh, like, fucking Yu-Gi-Oh would play a card that, like, you guess a card, and if you guess right, you destroy the card, and then he'd win, but that's not what fucking happens in this show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, and, like, in Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, let's, let's, let's ignore all of, like, the drama of Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, like, character drama. At, like, even within the battles, like, there were a lot of times where you're genuinely, like, how is Yugi gonna get out of this? You know, I remember the fucking um, Pegasus fight with uh, Relinquished, the the fusion monster relinqu or, or some ritual monster Relinquished, and be like, oh my god, he just keeps absorbing all of Yugi's monsters. How's he gonna get out of this? There's a lot of intrigue here. Like, oh, like like my my lizard brain is just like, oh, like there's like drama there. In this, it's like, how are they gonna get out of this uh, by running away from a fight? later on literally just leaving <laughs> it's just it's so empty um and then you know whenever they do cut away to someone it's just like absolute nonsense uh like they cut to mayu a few times and she's like but but yona's the girl of the dark how can she be standing in the light for so long this doesn't make any sense and i'm like yeah girl like i don't get it either like don't ask me like and then you yeah. get assaulted by the show orally uh, like where <laughs> Akira gets need and it's just like <laughs> I burst out laughing uh, the moment that you're talking about where uh, Yona knees um, 
uh, Akira, and then like at the point of impact, like a really fucking awful new metal riff immediately like kicks in, um, and then like morphs into the awful like dubstep soundscape that a lot of the other music in the show has had. Uh, it's just like the worst. <laughs> just like unintentionally comic uh, comedic to me. It it it's almost like the um it's like a bass boosted version of when Dio goes Zawildu and it goes like <laughs> and like whatever. It's like that level of awfulness. And then yeah, it just like continues on with this like oh yeah, it's got slipknot in here or something. <laughs> like, oh no. And it's a shame because there's like some of the more like um more ambient uh like tracks in the soundtrack I really like and um I don't have it in front of me. I think there might have been multiple composers on the show, or maybe I'm confusing that with the last show we watched. Um, I know that show had. Why am I blanking? What did we watch last? Um, that was oh, Devil Man. Yeah, Devil Man had multiple artists contribute to the soundtrack. Um, but I think this one did too. But it's definitely like all over the place in terms of like, oh, this is like a really nice ambient track with like a cool like piano melody to it, uh, versus like this is some new metal ass dubstep uh, that is like mixed way higher than any of the other sounds in the scene. <laughs> Why? Uh, insane. I, I'm pretty sure the show wins the award for the worst sound of anything we've watched. Yeah, easily. <laughs> for sure. I can't remember anything we've watched that I've like felt like like this noticeable of like, God, it, the, so the show sounds bad. Um, I, 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 I joked in the next episode, but I was very close to watching this show on mute. <laughs> like I could just read the subtitles. It's not that important yeah. to hear their voices. It is that important to save my ears. Yeah, you definitely uh, could have gotten away with that and not really missed much. Um, also, we uh, uh, have a, a new arc for Akira. Uh, we mentioned that you know uh, Ulith knees her in the stomach and then calls her hideous, and then but then during the fight, uh, she keeps going like, "Why? Why do you?" Because Ulith's like, "Oh, I want to." break you next ruko because you're shining bright like a diamond or whatever the fuck and um akira is like what why her why not me and i'm like oh the the cucked akira arc now she's like the jilted lover sort of thing which pays off in the worst possible way uh and then uh <laughs> and then akira just kind of disappears but it's it's such a like, remember when we liked the character, and, like, the character was doing interesting stuff, and, like, mm -hmm. was, like, this sicko that was manipulating everyone, and now she's, like, brought to her knees by her abusive lover being, like, oh, I, I just want to break Ruko now. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like, you know, maybe it's, like, a minimal distinction uh, in the grand scheme of the show, but, like, what I liked about Akira in, like, season one is that, like, like yeah, she was, you know, the, the Joker, but she had, like, a personality to her when she was, like, being unhinged. Whereas, like, Iona is so, like, emotionally detached for the most part that it's just, like, like, the things she does are, like, unhinged, but she doesn't really, like, revel in it in the way that, like, Akira did. Or did. Um, so it's just, like, so much more less interesting. It's, like, you had a much more interesting character of that type, and then you decided you were going to write them as, like, submissive to a more ultimate sicko who's so like so much of a sicko that they have no personality uh and are not fun to watch well i and i was so excited at the beginning of this episode my first note is finally joker joker akira is back because mm -hmm. like she she's like reveling in the fact that she kidnapped uh hitoe and like rubbing into uh ruko's face and she says that's really aki lovely of me and it's like yeah it is really aki lovely like 
hell yeah and then she gets like the shit kicked out of her it's like all right well there she goes again uh we get a, a brief flash of it in the next episode but um it, it's it's just like man like this is what it could have been the whole time someone just like doing horrible shit and thinking it's very funny like that's all you need is just a like a a, a a villain who's laughing yeah, I mean, again, we we talked about how like the show's like not heightened enough. Like it's like it it desperately needs to be in more of a like melodramatic mode, and like that's the exact kind of thing. Is like if if Yoda's gonna be like on paper this maniacal character, like she needs to act that way. Um, yeah, imagine if Maximilian Pegasus was straight. Like that's. <laughs> That's I'm so Lilith. glad that's that's the way you decided to end that sentence because that's how I ended it in my mind before you did. <laughs> he doesn't say Yugi boy. He doesn't drink his gorgonzola and, and grapefruit or grape ju- juice or whatever. He he just says like, I I brought you here, Yugi, because I want all of the Millennium items. Why? Because I like hurting people, Mister Yugi. No, that'd be awful. Yeah. Wait, are y'all talking about Ulith when you're saying Iona? I guess. It, which, yeah. unfortunately... <laughs> the names get so fucking messy. They get messier yes, from this yeah, point. Yeah, they somehow get messier. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm sorry, not Iona. I mean Yuki. I mean, um... Uh, I mean Mayu. Kuro, I mean, no, the other I mean, Mayu. <laughs> I, mean, I mean Larig? Her name might be Larig sometimes. Oh my god, fuck off. Yeah, Mar- Mario Kata, we need to, we need to talk about... Um, character names um, call me um, well, yeah. shit is like more convoluted than some fucking visual novels I've read <laughs> like that's saying something yeah. Char has a more straightforward naming scheme yeah somehow I'm I'm more able to like keep character like Homestuck characters names uh, distinct in my mind um, uh, compared to this show <laughs> that might be a stretch in certain aspects of Homestuck but um, uh, but yeah it's it's nonsense so yes I guess when we're when we've been saying Yona, we mean Ulith in Yona's body, not Yona now a Larig. Again, as we'll learn, um, I think that it's. I mean, it was a it was a really strong start to this batch of episodes because this was the episode I wrote. If we hadn't gone off the rails by now, we we just did. Like, <laughs> if the show was like was on track uh, before now, it certainly is not uh, because it's just like this. This just broke. Like, Yona's um, uh, Michael Myers monologue was like the thing that like just like snapped the show in half for me it's like there's there's no going back this can't end in a way where i can look back on some of this more fondly it's like oh it's just like it's trash um and speaking of things going off the rails uh dear listener we've talked a fair bit about our theories for the show both in terms of it being a comparison to madoka also about the rules of the show and where they come from who is the divine being that's guiding all of these rules um what uh who made the card game originally is it the shadow games from ancient egypt you know etc etc uh we start to get the answer in this one it's it's kind of fleshed out more in the next one why don't we just move on to the next episode at this point (laughs) that's true so yeah because at the yeah that's true i was was trying to think of like iona or yeah iona as iona as the rig uh starts to talk about it this time about mayu giving birth to them but we really get into the the meat of why it happens in the next episode so yeah i'm i'd be happy to move on so we can have the grand reveal who created these shadow games 
yeah, I think uh, the only other note I have on this one is that um, uh, Ruko having to do a battle against Tama reminded me of that episode of Yu-Gi-Oh where he fights uh, like a, a magician uh, and the magician like plays a card to steal his dark magician and he has to like, he's like, oh, I can't, I can't attack. That's my own dark magician. And it just, again, it just made me think of how much better Yu-Gi-Oh is than this stupid show. Um, yeah. God, what an all-timer. Uh, or the Joey, okay. or the... Yugi Kaiba fight where Kaiba's like, I'm gonna jump into the ocean. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna like, well, kill myself you. if you don't will... let me win this duel. <laughs> I will literally die. That's why is there not an episode of this show where like Akira or Iona slash Ulith is like uh, it's like I'll jump off the top of this giant skyscraper <laughs> if you don't let me win this Wixos battle. Uh or do do the penguin drum thing where like the person's being held in like a little basket above the remember when the the teacher or whoever the fuck was like kid kidnapped a girl oh my god i'm forgetting yeah. all their names and yeah like do that but with lorraine there's just a Marty card ringo right there's just a card in in the basket though it's just uh it's tama in a basket being dropped from the skyscraper <laughs> all right um well, we can move on to the next episode there's uh no voice actors this time by the way because uh uh, you can all clap. We've uh, gone through all the voice actors that are in the show. There were fortunately no no new characters in a way that there were new voice actors. Though there's kind of like one and a half new characters. Um, but episode eight is called "This World Is Mine." Uh, Iona explains that Mayu was once a girl who grew up in a secluded room, unaware of the world outside, until reading a book about friends. That is what happens. Um, <laughs> finding a Wicross deck and needing someone to play with, Mayu created Tama and Iona, originally named Shiro and Kuro. That's the words for white and black, if the imagery wasn't already <laughs> a dead giveaway. Um, as imaginary friends who would play the game together, eventually coming up with the sadistic rules of the selector battles that would soon become reality. Uh, the mechanism for which that happens, who could say? Uh, Iona further explains Mayu's wish is to have revenge on those who live in the outside world, while her own fate was to repeat the cycle between Selector and Larig, which was changed after meeting Ruko. Tama also says uh, how she at first forgot Mayu, but now remembers. <laughs> As Iona and Tama seek to become friends and Mayu uh, with Mayu and free all the little rigs, Ulith infects Tama with her darkness, growing her into a dark level five uh, and forcing her to beat Iona with her own hands and win the match. Akira, driven insane by Ulith's betrayal, stabs her with a fountain pen, leaving her bleeding as she seeks her next target. <laughs> so we get one last good Akira moment where she's just like, fuck you, and stabs her with a ballpoint pen, <laughs> which is like the most Joker thing she could have done. Um, so good for her. Yeah, so Wickross was not invented by Mayu. It's not like she like invented this like the card game. She just happened to find the card game and then was like okay before we get to that did they did i miss why she's locked in a secluded room is it just because her parents nope. hated her okay they never say i thought it was going to be like oh she's got some sort of illness or... illness yeah okay but they they just literally never say it's or they could strange. have they they could have done something with like experimentation like that's why she could materialize things she she was an esper like she she was psychic or something no they they just didn't do that um as, as my notes say, Mario Kada just gave up. Um, uh, and yeah, so she just, like, makes up these, like, rules that would become reality. Uh, Iona says it's for revenge. We later 
are told it might be because she wants to have everyone like feel her own loneliness but like i don't know the same thing (laughs) yeah and like like two sides of the same and also like that that doesn't like justify it (laughs) like oh yeah she ruined a lot of people's lives and like perverted their wishes and made sure that they would like die unhappy or whatever uh with one character literally be like we were told that she literally dies the one that akira um defeated yeah because her wish was to not not die um but like she was lonely so you know i mean yeah yeah just the direct comparisons to madoka and uvo it's just by far worse than both of them mm-hmm. yeah this this is it's kind of wild like <laughs> like how bad it goes like the whole madoka thing is it's like oh this is the result of like an uncaring like calculus from like more advanced beings and it's like then the cruelest cruelness makes sense in that um point of view but here it's just some eight-year-old was bad she didn't have friends <laughs> yeah and was locked away for unknown reasons like th- it's hard to have like sympathy for that kind of character if you're just like why didn't you leave the room <laughs> who was keeping you in there yeah I was, I was trying to find a good comparison to Madoka. it's like it's like if kyube was revealed to have made the witch wish yeah witches like just because he was bored or something like that like that that's the level of reveal we're on right now where it's like oh yeah they they were able to just materialize these powers through sheer loneliness because no one has ever been as lonely as this person apparently yeah i mean what's more important okay so like we have the girl suffering either to prevent entropy or for um because a girl's sad (laughs) pick your poison (laughs) inside of you there are two wolves one of them is sad the one is fighting entropy. I totally forgot that the whole thing about Monica is that they're worried about like the heat death of the universe, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Uh, but at least that's a reason. Like, I, I don't think I necessarily was like, I think I'd want one or the other, but I don't think I was clamoring more for a reason like why uh, Iona and um, Tama, or I guess Shiro and Kuro, um, go from imaginary to real i was more just like but why is she all alone like i i I cared more about like why she was in that circumstance like if it was like a oh because i was waiting for the shoe to drop i was waiting for it to be like um oh she's got this terminal illness or like her parents hate her and just like don't want her out and about so they lock her in a room all the time or whatever just like anything because if it's like oh she went through this really traumatic experience and like that manifested as these imaginary friends and through like you know the willpower of like wanting your imaginary friends to be real hard enough they became real like whatever like that's like you know uh fairy tale storybook stuff like that's fine but because there's no reason like why she's in the circumstance she's in it all just it feels wrong it's like something's missing like they they just forgot to write like part of (laughs) these episodes um like, it's very strange. These entire six episodes rely on Mayu, and they <laughs> they can't even give her a backstory other than a she was a lonely. Well, and the the funniest part to me, uh, I I almost started crying was, um, I think we talked about like why are all the selectors girls, and you know within the story or within the context of everything, it's because girls can play card games too, y'all. But like, it, it's almost like. It's because she read a book. So you said in the, like, the description, she doesn't know anything about the world until she reads a book about finding friends. And it's mm-hmm. almost like she goes, oh, all of the characters who are finding friends in this book are girls. 
therefore only girls exist, therefore only girls could be selectors. It's very strange, like, how it's framed. Where it's like, she because the book had girls in it, that's why her whole thing was, like, Larigs and all that. Because other yeah. than her father, I think she only has experience, like, around women. Like, with the book and then the maid who drops off yeah. the stuff. Which I just remembered a really weird detail about all that, which is like the maid only seems to show up when like Mayu's like asleep or unconscious. So it's like she's literally never seen anybody else, and because she's she has this line that's like, "Yeah, I just wake up and there's things in my room. Like I w I woke up and there's this book about friendship. Oh, I woke up and there's a uh, a uh, Wick Rickross Wickross deck." And just like ask more questions of like why, <laughs> like why, like why is no one like like literally seeing her? Like what, like why are people just dropping like children's card game <laughs> starter decks in her, uh, in her room? Which is even funnier because I would assume the maid or whoever would have known that you need two players to play that game. <laughs> she yeah. still was like, yeah, fuck it, you could have the cards. There's some cute anime girls on it. Fuck it, you you can make up Shiro and Kuro. Yeah. But it's like, there's like a whole element to th that could be there, but it's not. So I refuse to like give it this credit, but it's like, oh, maybe it's like, you know, her parents have like locked her away, but the maid feels sorry for her. So the her maid's way of doing that is like giving her these gifts, like the book of friendship and, oh, that gets twisted. And because she learns about friends, but can't have any, she does this vengeful thing with the selector stuff but like none of that is there it would all be subtext and there's just like the, the show is so like literal about everything else that it's like if it wanted to do that it, it needed to like like bring it to the the forefront of the text it's just it's strange i'm i'm constantly astounded by how like weird and bad the writing is in the show there's like so many pieces here that like the show could expand upon to like do some interesting things but it just refuses to come together in any kind of satisfying way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a, an anime villain. I think I made the... Yeah. An anime villain whose driving force is literally, like, just spiteful misogyny. Or <laughs> at least, like, women-directed violence. Like, I don't know yeah. that she hates women or anything like that specifically, but it's just, like, that's the only thing she knows, I guess. But, I mean, yeah, you like, from what you said earlier, like, you could make the case that she doesn't know men exist. She only yeah. knows women exist. She, like, heard her father talking, but who knows what that meat looks like to her. Yeah. I have to point this out. I, I uh, <laughs> tweeted this out because it was just, like, too awful not to put out into the world, <laughs> as it goes. Um, probably the worst single line of dialogue uh, in this entire show. Um, like, uh, Iona is, is giving all this backstory. Like, that's the framing for all this, is, like, Iona's telling everybody about Mayu's backstory which I guess she knew the whole time and just didn't want to say until now because sure why not um but uh <laughs> after she goes through like a lot of the stuff about like her being alone and trapped in the room she says this she says she was so alone that she couldn't tell what being alone even meant and I'm just like oh my god <laughs> please you have to try better <laughs> that is <that's> garbage <laughs> like come on I, like I don't I don't often have this impulse, but like watching the show, I often imagine myself like being handed a draft and just striking through that and literally writing like do it again. Like give me something else. This is unworkable. I would be embarrassed to be the voice actor having to say that into a microphone. <laughs> Come on. Mari, did you give me the first draft on this? <laughs> um but yeah. Uh we do get our first shot um of like a proper or I guess Danielle, you can <laughs> 
vouch for the uh, accuracy, but we do get a shot of like a a Wixcross like um, uh, playing mat. Yeah, where we see the different zones and stuff like that. Um, I I see I have the screenshot of my notes. I see there is a a, a trash zone. <laughs> Instead of like a graveyard, there's life cloth is what this says. I don't know if that's like the actual wording okay, they use so, for the English card game. Yes, it it is. Um, so important thing to I guess we'll transfer into the um, Danielle actually played the card game <laughs> <laughs> segment of the podcast. With Professor Danielle. <laughs> so um, important thing to know is um, there's actually two lacrosse card games: the first format and then the second format. The diva format that's the only one that had an english release so that's what i played the um main difference between the two is the original format you have one larig the diva format you have three larigs so you have both a normal deck and like a larig deck the larig deck has like your larigs and then like your upgrades to them when you um uh glow them because that's the official english translation is glow not grow oh, uh, that's a thing get the glow up <laughs> yeah um and then you have um three spots for signies which are basically just your monsters you have um your enter zone which is you can discard cards to have them become energy or if your stuff gets destroyed they also become a resource okay so and like you, you know, you take your turns. You attack with your signies, and then you attack with your rig. Then changes to the other turn. Keeps going until someone wins. So how to win? You have um seven life cloth on each side. Um, when you either like attack the opponent directly, you take one of the life cloth out. Um, some cards have it's like when you're setting up their board, you'll like draw seven cards from your normal deck and put them in the life cloth when you get attacked uh, um the life cloth card will be revealed some cards have an effect that only happens when they are um destroyed as life cloth i think the show actually mentions it by name first um and then like the effect goes off and then the card goes to your energy so it's like actually kind of neat how the card game has a little bit of like a um catch-up mechanic to it because at least in my experience, trading card games can be, like, incredibly brutal if you're down. Yeah. A lot of them are just win-more type things. So it's, like, kind of neat there's a recovery mechanic. But, like, yeah, you destroy all your opponent's life cloth, and then you attack directly, and you win. And it's like, hey, it's easy to make a show around that. Just like having the fucking life points in you. Yeah. Well, and we we get very close to that um, in episode... In a later episode, Yeah. yeah. Because they basically, because that part was about somebody losing, they had, they were like, oh, we need to actually explain how someone loses. <laughs> so they tried to, try to scoot that in there a little bit, but it's still, like, not comprehensive. And, and it's following this episode, which the fight that they have um, uh, is, is absolute nonsense with the, the dark level five, which is accompanied by just the worst goddamn sounds you've ever heard. Um, mm -hmm. Something's entering Tama. Tama's, like, forced to... Which, why is Ulith able to manifest her dark energy like this? I don't know. Maybe she was also lonely. I don't know. Maybe she's a sicko. I, I don't know. But, um, she, like, Tama... Like, Larig's previously, or, or or later, shown to be able to, like, kind of go against their master's will. But, like, now Tama's just, like, complete sicko mode. And 
there's like things are falling apart and i'm like this is just absolute nonsense this is like if you jump to the ending of like Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds and you're like, wait, why are they riding on motorcycles? Why are they dueling? Like, what's going on? But at least then they're still like talking and like you can understand what they're doing because they're announcing their attacks because it's like a good anime. Like, this is just like absolute nonsense. And then thankfully someone just finally fucking stabs someone else and the episode ends. But like <laughs> <laughs> that whole battle, I was like, what is going on? Why do they care if they lose? Because Ruko has not lost yet. This is her first lo loss. And, uh, uh, Ulith, like, she hasn't lost either. It's like, this isn't, like, a big deal of a fight. Just fucking take the L and be like, alright, go get stabbed. Yeah, the only stakes of this fight are, like, Ruko is forced into fighting because of Hitoe being tied up, and Ulith is just like, I like to ruin teenage girls' lives. Uh, battle me, please. Um, <laughs> uh, I do, uh, I don't know if I like it or not, but I find it funny that, uh, well, okay. So like Tama gets infected with dark energy and it like turns her skin gray. And it reminded me of in Willy Wonka when, is it Veruca salt that turns into giant blueberry? It's <laughs> like, uh, oh no, Violet. <laughs> Violet. Yeah. <laughs> She's turning into a blueberry. Um, fortunately she doesn't, uh, she does turn into goth Oscar though. Um, <laughs> which I just <laughs> thought was very funny. <laughs> Uh, that their idea of like sicko Tama is she's Asuka with black hair um, and is wearing less clothes um, and it's just it's extremely stupid <laughs> I'm just like uh, kind of like you were saying Danny just like exhausted at this point by how like uninteresting the card battle mechanics are and like Daniel you describing the rules I'm like it you're right it's so easy to imagine the version of the show where they walk you through that and you're like actually interested in the card battles but instead I'm just like I'm just as uninterested in the lore bullshit in the first half of this episode as I am with the like card battle stuff in the second half it, it's just a fundamental failure of a card game anime. yeah <laughs> well in the um uh the, the only reason I was okay with it happening other than my ears being killed was that um, up until that point, the, the episode had basically been 15 or so minutes of uh, Iona talking, like mm -hmm. almost uninterrupted. Like they would occasionally cut away to something else, but it was just Iona talking. And I'm like, this is not good pacing. <laughs> you, you can't do this. Um, yeah. But they could have cut out at least one, maybe two episodes at any point in the series and just had a whole explainer episode where it's just like, okay, Chiori, we're going to teach you how to get better at this thing. Now, first, these are your signies. And like, this is how, it, like, they could have done that. And I probably would have no. liked that more than. You know, you know what the show absolutely needed? Um, I think all three of us have seen at least parts of this uh, show. Um, but I know you have, Danny. Um, Sangatsu no Lion has uh, one of my favorite things, which is at the end of some episodes, there'll be like a cute little like cartoony, like explaining the rules of Shogi type segment. Yeah. That's what the show needed. Like you could totally do the like the card battles just happen and the characters don't really comment on what's happening. But at the end of the episode, you get like a chibi Tama being like, and here's what the Signi are and here's the, the life cloth and here's how you lose or whatever. Like that would be cute. God, it's so easy to make an anime. <laughs> I don't know how they <laughs> fucked it up so hard. <laughs> That's obviously not and true. It's not like it's, oh, they only had 13 episodes. They can't bother to explain the game. Yeah. It's 26 episodes. Yeah, they, they really squandered their time. <laughs> and hey, you want people to buy your fucking game? Like, maybe show them playing the game? 
actually at the show. Yeah. Well, like, and making an anime, you know, obviously hard or whatever, but, like, advertising a card game in an anime is not really that hard. You just <laughs> came up with a better idea off the top of your head than however many people, like, not one of them came up with, like, a, oh, yeah, like, people are gonna need to know what they're getting into when they, like, could you imagine if it was the other way around, where, like, in the, you know, Danielle, you were able to explain the card game pretty straightforward, but, like, Imagine if um, the actual rules of the card game was like as hard as like Stratego or something like that. Like people buy the card game, like oh, I'm gonna get Tama, and they find out they have to like solve differential equations the whole time or something like that. Like it's it's such a boneheaded thing to not have the rules of the game in your fucking show. Yeah. Like, oh my god, that's wild. I mean, I, I... It's, it's just just like easy story, like easy story beats to have. Like oh, Ruko goes down, but she comes back ahead and comes from behind to win the, the match yeah. or it's like we we've we've compared the show a lot to other card game anime like Yu-Gi-Oh! but um which is effectively just a subgenre of like sports anime it's like did no one that worked on or like on the writing team like see a sports anime before <laughs> because you're not watching like a basketball anime where they don't at least explain a little bit to you about like how basketball works um, or like baseball, like you're certainly not watching like Ace of the Diamond is a show that like wants you to know the rules of baseball to understand like the drama and the conflict. It it's just in, like I had that like early instinct of like when we first started the show of like oh the writing team on this just does not give a shit about the rules of the card game and like that turned out to be right. And so it seems to me like they were like you know basically like told like oh you're making a car or you're making a anime based off this like card game it's like basically just to sell things but you kind of have like carte blanche to like tell whatever story you want and they went like oh we're gonna like we're gonna make it serious like it's gonna be about the characters and we're not gonna waste time explaining the the card rules because it's it's all gonna be about the character drama but then you just wrote really shitty character drama and left me wanting more card game rules so bad experiment when uh you had mentioned having Tama, like Chibi Tama. Here they should have had explaining uh, Chibi, not evil grandma. Yes. Oh God, I was. We'll get there. I was so disappointed <laughs> that there was no, no grandma payoff like at all. Um, she's like not in any of these episodes. Or, or like Ruko's parents either. Uh huh. Like, they're like oh, mysteriously yeah. missing. Yeah, they just dropped I... that plot line that they they only barely introduced. <laughs> Yeah, last in the in the last episode, I was making, uh, I wasn't paying attention anymore. I was I was completely checked out. Um, I think it was like at the in the credits where they're showing like where's everyone at, and I said, wait a minute, did they ever address what's happening with Ruko's mom or like her like the whole thing like when she's a kid like oh, I can't I can't understand what she's thinking and like that whole thing with her and no evil grandma <laughs> like they never went into that like they. That was like interesting. That was like intrigue and drama. Like, oh, what happened to Ruko when she's a kid? Like, is that going to explain why she has this special connection to Tama? Like, maybe she was like the Eternal Girl or something like that, or you know, first Eternal Girl, whatever. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Of the many disappointing things in the show, like Ruko eventually, or like it just becoming clear by the end of the show that like Ruko is like extremely one-dimensional like just doesn't have any character growth like has nothing going on more than just like i care about my friends um which i guess is fine if she had more personality to her but like um i skipped over this in the last episode but like 
uh, Ulith does her whole like, oh, I'm so sick. I'm the Joker monologue. And they do a reaction shot cut to Ryuko. And she's like, just like totally blank face, like uh, uh, no thoughts, head empty. And I'm just like, <laughs> like they, and it's not like a, you know, if you're watching a movie and that happens, it's like, oh, that wasn't a very good performance on the actor's part. But like, it's an anime. Like you drew it that way. <laughs> like, could you not like draw her more animated than just like like mouth slightly open? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so it's just like, and like this is like you know a complaint people have about a lot of anime. But it's like I don't like it when the um, main character of your show is just a blank slate because um, there's just nothing going on with the. Uh, with Ruko. like she, I, I pretty sure I have it later in my notes, but it, I'll, and I said it last time, I'll say it again. Like Chiori should have been the main character of the show because she has like more personality than like any of the other girls, save for like Akira. Um, well, the like every other character, like the only people who do like a lot of facial expressions are like Chiori and um, Ulith slash Akira whenever they're doing one of their Joker moments or whatever, and they they decide to put detail in. But yeah, otherwise, like. No one really emotes all that much, even when, you know, um, Yuzuki is like, oh man, I've I've lost Kazuki forever, or whatever. She doesn't really emote over it, she just kind of, like, sounds a little sad. Um, and then uh, Ruko is just like, whatever. And then in this episode, I think Yuzuki goes overboard, where Hitoi's like, oh, I can't look, it's too awful. And Yuzuki's like, no, you have to look, because that's all we can do. We have to watch. And it's like, what? Where's this coming from? <laughs> like, like there are no stakes here. What the fuck? They're just fighting. Yeah. I'll save some some broader thoughts about, like, the show's thematics for later. But it's like, uh, you know, as, as you just brought up, uh, Danielle, like, yeah, 24 episodes. Like, this is what you did with all that time. Like, so many other, like, anime that only got, like, 12 episodes are just, like, way more ambitious. Like, I, I think all the time about... um. Uh, stars align which is an anime that was supposed to have 24 episodes and then one of the um uh, like production companies like pulled out last minute or something like that they had to cut it to 12 um and just like a show with like incredibly high ambitions like doing a lot with characters that like specifically queer characters like other anime just aren't doing and like it just it sucks so much that like (laughs) this show got (laughs) 24 episodes to waste on nothing uh, and shows like that that are just, like, being made by, like, people with, you know, no offense to any of the individual people that worked on the show, but, like, you know, I don't I, I don't think their creative ambition on the show was, like, all that interesting uh, by the, the, yeah, like, I mean, the final analysis. And and going, going back to a show we just watched, um, we didn't appreciate where it went all the time, uh, but mm-hmm. Devilman Crybaby had 10 episodes, and it had more... Oh yeah, drama and character growth in like one episode than I think any of the characters in this get. Like, they oh, yeah. they went for it for better or worse. They fucking go for it in that show. Yeah, I mean, like this, it's it's hard to say, and you know, probably need to put a little time uh, past it. But like, this might be like m- maybe not the worst show we've watched, uh, but probably my least favorite show, just in terms of like. It's just not really doing a lot of things that I find interesting, whereas or like mm. engaging. Whereas like, yeah, Eden of the East like sucked, was miserable, but like it had me thinking about a lot of things in a way that like the show. I'm just mostly thinking about like, like I don't like to be like, oh, the show is badly written, and that's like my like like 
key point about it. Like, at least with Eden of the East, it was like, it's badly written because I like, I fundamentally don't agree with its politics. Right. And that's like a different thing than, oh, I just think like you didn't write interesting characters or you, you didn't have like a good climax or whatever. Um, so I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that this, this show is making me both think more highly of shows like um, uh, Cowboy Bebop and um, Penguin Drum that we've watched that I uh, didn't care for at the time. Uh, but, you know, when you set the bar lower, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, those were bad. <laughs> at yeah, least it wasn't well, this. Well, a lot of those shows, you know, Eden is a little further out because, like, yeah, you'd have to really change the politics of the or the thematic tone of it or whatever. But, um, we, I mean, we've said this before, like, there is a, a good show in the show kind of thing with, with Bebop, you know. I, I think it's something where, I mean, we, we know there's a good show in the show and it's called Space Dandy, but the... <laughs> Like, a lot of our problems with Bebop, in specific, let's say, is the structure around, like, breaking up the main conflict with Vicious over several episodes where you don't really get invested and, like, character motivations kind of flip-flopping until, unless you get to the very end, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, like, you, you, those are, like, structural issues that can be fixed reasonably easily. Same with Pang and Drum, there's stuff in there that I liked, but, like, things could be cut or tweaked or whatever. With this, like, yeah, you could cut out a lot and make this a tighter show but i think you would need to add so much to it to the point where like there there is technically a, a good show in these 24 episodes but you'd need to basically make another show and then blend it into this show to make it okay <laughs> like you, yeah. you'd have to remake the show from the ground up you couldn't cut around to a better show you'd have to just make a new show yeah or at the very least you have to go back to like square one of okay, the premise is all these teenage girls are wrapped up in this card game that if they lose, they, like, uh, have their, like, wish inverted on them. And if they win, they become a card in the card game. Like, you could start from there and then build a much more interesting show. But, like, you would you would really just have to, like, scrap all the characters and the plot beats and stuff and, and rework it from there. Um, and I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even sure. think about it. One of my favorite genres of, like, anime is, like, the death game thing where like people are stuck in a situation and they have to kind of figure it out um you know sometimes good sometimes bad you know they're not always great things but i I like that setting i like the thing this show had that teed up and they just fucking whiffed it completely it's like oh you know by committing the cardinal sin of a death game where you know if you consider losing three times as the the death uh by having people just come back in (laughs) I feel like if you were playing, like, the Nonary series and someone dies and then they just come back in the next scene and no one, like, talks about it. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, you're back now. Okay. Yeah, they really kind of, whisk, like, don't do much with the whole, like, because we meet so many characters that are like, actually, I wanted to become a Larig, um, that it, like, it, it kind of uh, deflates the, uh, like, impact of it. Um, and I guess because, like, we learn, like, almost like a quarter of the way through the show that like, Oh, actually you don't want to win. Like you don't want to. Cause like then like, yeah, your wish will come true, but it's not you fulfilling it. Like at that point, like we don't, then, then it's no longer like, Oh, I'm rooting for this character to win so that their wish comes true. Like you've had that reversal so early on that like the rest of it is just colored by like, okay, how do we like break the cycle kind of stuff? And it feels like that, that needs to be like needed to be further back in the run of the show. Um, but anyway, we should, probably move on to the next episode i'll I'll say one more thing about this episode just because it's funny is um <laughs> uh the the scene of akira stabbing with uh, very funny um and you could tell 
I mean, obviously, like they telegraph it really hard. Like she she picks up the pen and she's making all these faces, like you know, like oh she she's gonna stab her with that pen. But it's also like the first time the show's really busted out the shaky cam, um, which n- not literally because you know it's anime, but they're like shaking the frame like crazy, like it's like a dramatic like tense scene. And I was just like, oh my god, like so much of the show is like unintentionally funny to me. Like I you know feel bad because like they're trying to go for something serious at least i think but it just comes across as very funny to me um so i I was hooting and hollering at the end of this episode uh episode nine is called that parting is abrupt um as akira seeks out more battles in order to heal the scar she inflicted upon ulith uh yuzuki theorizes mayu's true wish is creating the selector battles uh was not necessarily revenge but to show others how lonely she was Later, when Shiori comes around asking for a battle, Hitoe agrees to battle against her, feeling that she may be better off if her wish to be part of the Wickross world is reversed. Uh, during the battle, Eldora reveals she was thinking the same thing and had been planning to lose in order to spare Chiori from the pain of battles. Uh, despite Chiori's objections, she is unable to draw the cards needed to turn things around. Meanwhile, Ulith, who had been treated for her injuries, is confronted by Akira. Um... I have shockingly few notes about this episode, mostly because like it was uh, more enjoyable than the other ones, but not really much to say. And that's mostly just because like it's a Chiori centered episode. It's like the last one she gets. But... And they like actually use some card mechanics for drama yeah. for once. <laughs> yeah, they say you need to draw a card, like draw a specific card to turn things around and. She's like, oh, I, I, which is like something out of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like Yu-Gi will be like, yeah, I, you know, the only thing that could save me is, aha, I drew it or whatever. In this case, she does not draw it, but like, it's like, oh, hey, like you're you're talking about the card game. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I also thought the stuff between Eldora and uh, Chiori is like pretty cute, where it's like Eldora kind of breaking kayfabe and being like, oh no, I like I care for you too much, like. I don't want you to win. I, I want you to like get out of this. Like you're too pure of a soul for this Wickross selector nonsense and realizing that like her wish getting reverse means like she won't have to deal with any of this. Like, I like that stuff. It's cute. Like they're, they're, they're probably my two favorite characters in that like they have distinct personalities and they play off of each other. Well, um, and I just, I, I love a like energetic, uh, kind of, um, uh, no thoughts type of character in general. Um, so I really like Chiori. And I thought, like, there's some backstory too, which I just think is kind of sweet and precious of, like, Chiori kind of being a little bit plain and shy, but not in a way that, like, with, like, Hitoe early on in the series where I just thought that was cloying and annoying. Which is, like, kind of being, like, a little bit more plain and not as outgoing. And then she finds out she's a selector with Eldora, and then we see her, like, shopping for clothes to try to match Eldora, and it's just, like, it's really cute and sweet, and again, you just imagine a different show where it's much more interested in, like, things like that, where it's like, hey, like, what do the characters, like, enjoy about Wixos or, like, a joy about being a selector and, like, like having their life kind of transformed by the whole thing. And having the selectors in the rigs be like positive influences on yeah. each other. Like having any sort of dynamic at all. Like the thing that's like kind of laughable about uh, Ruka's whole character is like her and Tama like are friends in that they both like Wickross battles, but they don't have like conversations about anything else. <laughs> like what's the, the version of the Bechdel test that's like uh, <laughs> two, two women in the show talk about something that's not Wickross? Because like there are several characters that like would not pass that. Um they they say they're friends. They 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 are basically just telling the audience, 
hey, we're friends now. It's like you hear the yeah. you always see this in like cinema sins or like whatever kind of criticism things where it's like you know in like a bad movie where one character's like hey you're my brother i care about you kind of like and it's like bad dialogue but you kind of move past it in this it's like that's the entire relationship between tama and ruko where it's just like hey you're my lorig i care about you battling is fun when i'm with you and then that's the last they talk that episode <laughs> it's like okay yeah. and yeah i love uh chuni uh chiori like everyone should have been a chunibyo in this like that would have been really funny if like as soon as they got their the rig they became like a chunibyo and like no one talked to them <laughs> that'd be so good that really is kind of like the same emotional space this like episode took me to with like uh the chiori like flashbacks is like watching uh the two episodes of love chunibyo and other things that we um uh watched for our our bonus episode See, my brain is going towards Zatch Bell. Oh, sure. In this I, I'm also yeah. thinking, too, about, like, Digimon, because I'm watching that right now. It's like the relationship between Shiori and Eldora feels a lot like the relationship between Takato and um, uh, Gilmon in uh, Digimon Tamers, which is like, yeah, they're, like, genuine friends, and they, like, play off of each other, and they laugh, and, like, it's just, it's good, wholesome stuff. And I get the show's trying to have, like, a bit of a darker edge to it, but, like, you know, like, you, it can't all be like dark and moody you gotta have those like bits of light and like this stuff really did it for me um i think the way i have it in my notes is just like the show just becomes so much more watchable uh whenever chiori's involved um which i think says a lot about like what separates her from the other characters in the show yeah and, and i i had mentioned i didn't like eldora's va all that much I, i've gotten used to it um but like her conversations with chiori are really great there's one point in the fight where She's like basically saying like I don't want to talk like fight with you anymore like you're you're so awful I hate you, and then like towards the end of the battle she kind of reveals like no I, I actually do really like you I was just trying to make it easier to like leave me kind of thing, um, but like even before that, um, Chiori at the beginning of the episode is like yeah I don't like it's it's such a bad like I've realized now that there's no good outcome like I'm not going to battle anymore it's so stupid or whatever, and later she asks. Eldora like oh so you had a wish too right and Eldora's like yeah of course and uh Chiori asks her like what was it and Eldora's basically just like I'm not gonna tell you because it's like inconsequential it was like a stupid wish it was a wish that like in hindsight I could have done myself I don't know why I got involved in all of this and I'm like that's great like finally someone acknowledges like verbally like because we had talked about that before where you know, someone kind of offhandedly hints towards the fact that, like, you know, because the wish has to be something that the Lurig could theoretically do, it has to be, like, attainable. But, like, we finally have someone basically say, like, hey, this is, like, a stupid thing to do. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, finally! Which then comes back later, where they realize, like, the best thing for Chiori is to be out of the Wickross world, which, uh, don't agree, but whatever, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a good payoff for her character to just be, like, so, like, blindly into the idea of, like, Wickross and becoming a Lurig um, and all of that. And then, um, like, her kind of realizing, oh, maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. And, like, the, you know, realizing, or the other characters kind of realizing, oh, reversing her wish is, like, you know, going to get her out of all of this. Um, it's just, like, it, it's one of the better, like, written things in the show. Um, yeah. Rest in peace, uh, Chorizo Mark II. Yeah. 
<laughs> would have loved to seen her get to <laughs> have her Larego C come to life. Um, I just love the way she was talking. Like when she was buying the clothes in wherever, she was like, "Oh, this is so Eldora." Like she's literally like, "Oh, this matches my Larig." I'm like, "That's so cute." Like yeah, especially then... because Chiori is younger. Yeah, we could have had a cute, a cute show about girls playing card games with each other. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely not the 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 last moment in the show where I thought to myself, "Oh man, things things just could have been better." Well, and it's funny that this this episode starts with Akira becoming Omega Joker mode, where she's like, well, I'm going to... She, like, stabs someone and then immediately is like, man, I hope they get better. Like, I want them to get better soon, um, which uh, made me laugh. It reminded me of the Royal Tenenbaums, where uh, Pagoda, like, stabs Royal and then immediately, like, takes him to the YMCA to treat his wounds mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's just like so, so stupid. <laughs> like that. Like now, that's her motivation, which comes back in the next episode, which is buck wild. Um, but uh, there's that, and then they they try to make Mayu the um, a sympathetic character, which is so stupid. Like again, you you show us all of this horrible trauma these people have gone through, some of which was just reversed through the power of the author, but like the like. For them to be like, but really, she was lonely deep down because it gets lonely in these cards, which everyone's like, oh, no, you were lonely this whole time. It's like, y'all didn't think about that. But anyway, um, like, it's like trying to get us to sympathize with Kyubei. Like, oh, Kyubei has to watch all these people, you know, get hurt. So really, he's the victim here. It's like, no, like, Mayu's a piece of shit. Like, Mayu's just torturing people because she's an angry spirit. She's also dead, which we haven't gotten to yet. But like... That's even more upsetting, the fact that she's just a ghost. And still just so angry that her soul refuses to die. Yeah, the stuff with Mai is just the worst, uh, which sucks because it's like the, like, you know, big final reveal, big climax of the show. and It's just one of the most rancid things in the show. Um, Yeah, fucking. I don't think it'd be nearly as harsh on the show if, um... Mayu wasn't the main villain. Yeah, yeah I agree. Because it just saps any kind of like resolution or stakes mm-hmm. or themes. <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping that the last like arc of the show would have something to kind of wrap the whole thing around, but it just it just kind of falls apart. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much more about this episode. Uh, probably the best of of this bunch of episodes. So that's not yeah. saying much. <laughs> um, and then Chiori, Chiori deserved better. That's all. Yeah, should have been her show. She deserved better. Hey, we actually acknowledged the card game for um, emotional stakes. Yeah, for like half a scene. <laughs> for once, and it works. Well, and it works. This is like by far the most compelling battle because they actually fucking give yeah. a shit about it. Yeah, gonna gonna give this one a, a big old C minus. <laughs> <laughs> There's still like the C me written on the top, but like it, it passed. Yeah um all right well we'll just go into episode 10 which is called this warmth is limited following her battle chiori loses her memory surrounding wickross while eldora certain she'll be able to become friends with ruko and hitoe someday takes her leave meanwhile akira (laughs) states her desire to yeah put a pin in that one (laughs) um Meanwhile, Akira states her desire to repeat the cycle of Larig to human in order to keep scarring and healing Ulith in battles against her. 
but is again beaten by Dark Tama. After receiving some anonymous directions from Hanayo, Ruko and the others find Iona's body, finding it to be habited by the original Iona Urozoe. Um, the real Iona explains how she became a Larig as a result of wishing not to be herself anymore, her desire to remain as she was uh, coming as a surprise to Mayu. After Iona explains how she returned to her body uh, when she felt it become hollow, the others come to the conclusion that Ulith made her wish come true, albeit with Tama refusing to take over Iona's body, as she did not want to become human at the expense of others. Uh, after seeing the original Iona off, Ruko make, takes, uh, stakes her plan to become an uh, uh, become a Larig uh, so that she could find Mayu and Tama, giving Iona the new name of Yuki, as Mayu locks Tama away, Ruko and the others decide to confront Hanayo. Uh, this episode is nonsense. <laughs> just uh, total utter nonsense. Just a, a small point. Uh, Yuki means snow, and the reason they give her that name is because it happens to be snowing. And Ruko's mm -hmm. just like, hey, your, your name is snow now. And <laughs> Iona's like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's a better name than Kuro. Yeah, that's, so. fa that's fair. <laughs> Though... Equal level, I think, in terms of, like, decision-making. It's like, oh, it's snowing? Your name is Snow. It's also just kind of fucked that Ryuko's like, I'm gonna give you a name, and not like, hey, what would you like to be called? What would right. you like your name to be? No, I thought she she asks. Does and... she? I think she's like... Yeah. If I remember correctly, she she's like, oh, do you like Yuki? And not like, oh, what do you want to be called? Um, But maybe I'm just misremembering. But the whole, like, optics of that scene just very strange but that's not even the strangest the strangest thing in this episode is the beginning when uh eldora just walks out of her card like it's nothing like <laughs> yeah cut back to Rico, like fading into the like vanishing into the sky like very much like a death allegory of like oh I'm, she's going to another plane of existence like what happens to a larig when when the when the selector loses in this eldora like it's like jumps out the uh the two characters are literally like Wait, is that how you leave the card? <laughs> and then she just goes. And I'm yeah. like, wait, what happens to the Larig when the selector <laughs> loses? Do they just go to like an Izakaya or something? Like, what? She's just like, oh my, uh, I'm clocking out for the day. I'm gonna go go yeah. to the bar and grab a grab a drink. And it's almost framed as if like they could have done that the whole time. Like it's not like. Because it's not like this this beautiful ray of light shooting out and Eldora is like, ah, and then she, she you know, fucking flies out or anything like that. She literally just kind of steps out and it's like her current size still, like a very yeah. small lady. And just is like, well, see ya. <laughs> what? It's just, it's insane. And then the scene ends and there's like, it, that's just it. Like, there's no discussion to be had. <laughs> like... <laughs> I uh, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. Um, well, and then and then we cut to Akira, and just she she's talking to Lulith again, and is basically like just mind broken at this point. Not like fun revelry Joker, but just like broken Joker, who's like I'm going to I want to keep scarring you and keep healing you, which doesn't require her to become a Larig because that literally happened already. Like, she already did stab her and she got better. Like, she could just do that again, but whatever. <laughs> but she's literally just like, I'm gonna keep stabbing you, but, like, in different bodies. I'm going to become a new person and immediately find you and stab you. And it's like, why? What is wrong with you? 
Like, but not in a good what is wrong with you way. Not fun at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're they're trying to do something with like the inherent violence of like the the rig cycle of like people becoming cards and cards becoming humans and and all this uh which we get i mean i guess like that that was part of ula's whole thing in the other episode we maybe kind of glossed over a bit is like she straight up says like oh i was a girl and then i became a larig and then i've just like countless times over gone back and forth between human and larig because i just like causing so much chaos uh so this is like akira going like I'm going to do the same thing, but not just for some vague sense of, like, violence and destruction, but to specifically, like, spite you. Um, but because, like, neither of these characters, like, feel, like, materially real in terms of, like, their desires or their emotions, it just comes across as, like, well, that's that's stupid. <laughs> Why would you do mm-hmm. that? <laughs> Why do you need the mystical power for that reason? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, you literally just stabbed her. Just grab another ballpoint pen. <laughs> yeah. I will say it does give us uh, probably the single best shot in the show. Um, they're like in the um, they're having this conversation in the like really tall skyscraper uh, that I forgot until this episode uh, we had already learned is um, like built by Iona's father because um, they're on like like a like a big open room with like huge wide windows um, and she's like my father's uh marked this whole wing off to be my room or, or something like that some rich girl nonsense um so they're just like having this conversation in this like wide open empty uh like floor of a building um there's a really good shot of like um they're looking out the window uh it's kind of a wide shot and the um uh cityscape through the window is being like perfectly reflected on the um like the floors um in the room so you get like a really like wide view of the city and then you see like the silhouettes of akira in um iona or i guess ulith as iona um and then the only other like thing in the frame is like the kind of like um beams between the big windows um it's just like really good like imagery like really good framing but of course like doesn't add anything to the scene (laughs) like it's not a scene that calls for that kind of imagery uh i could go off on a wide tangent here but it, it reminds me a lot of um the cinematography and one of my favorite films ee it's a edward young film does a lot with like this idea of like reflecting the city inward through uh windows and then uh, seeing interiors uh through the exterior shots of windows and like has like very specific thematic meaning in that show um like echoes a lot of like characters emotional space and, and desires and things like that in really interesting ways and like this show is doing none of that it's just a cool shot <laughs> that doesn't really like build on anything else um but i did want to shout it out because i had to like pause for a second and be like wow that's a that's a nice shot like sometimes like uh anime visuals are just supremely good even if <laughs> everything else about this episode was, was pretty bad yeah in the, in the context of the scene it is um a, a girl who went from hating that person, or technically that person's body, because it's a different person, whatever, hated her, got scarred by by her, like, she, you know, Ulith was an active part of scarring Akira. Then Akira became a recluse because of that. And then the, the girl showed her that makeup existed and said she liked her, and then she was like, well, I guess I'm your, your henchman now. So, like, it's so wild that this is, like, the depths of her feelings, like, like the, the depths of, or the lengths that she'll go to affect this person, who, at her core, 
said, I think you're pretty, and gave her a makeup kit. <laughs> it's so wild. Yeah. Oh. They just they just don't feel like real characters, and it's, like, not exaggerated enough for it to be like, oh, well, of course they're not real. Like, the show is, like, like heightened and, uh, and zany. Like, again, like, these, these characters don't have <laughs> uh, too many dimensions to them. Um, it's just... Yeah, it's not swinging to either side yeah. enough for it to be a satisfying well, one. And um, then you get the entire middle of the episode, which, even as you were reading off the description, I was like, I don't fucking understand what the hell's... Like, so there's two Iona's. The Iona that's in a card is actually Kuro, but she just looks like Iona because yeah. of reasons. Well, she, like, she was uh original iona's um larig and then that iona's wish got granted so she took over her body but then when she became a larig again maintained that appearance because that's what mayu was like like oh you're gonna you're just gonna look the same or like it i don't know but yes there are now three iona's (laughs) and then tama didn't want to take over real Iona's body. And so real Iona feels hollow in her person or something. The, the implication, I think, because we don't see this, like, but like the implication is that uh, Ulith in Iona's body goes off, like meets the criteria to become a Larig again, but then Tama doesn't want to go into Iona's body. And Mayu also like, seals Tama away so that like leaves a vacant spot in Iona's body that original Iona just gets to fill I guess okay if that sounded stupid it's because it is <laughs> yeah um. yeah I, I I made a note I think the only note I made there during her entire spiel is like show you do not have the time or capability to have another one of these like in character introduction monologues like yeah you need to stop and get this ball rolling you have two more episodes to go uh which they do not make good time of anyway um but like again all this goes to like point to like because they they talk more about oh like mayu just wants to not be lonely or whatever and it's like no i think mayu's just a dick i think mayu is just a horrible person actually like she's so unsympathetic again because it's like we don't know how she ended up in her circumstances like it can't be some moral lesson about like you know like oh she needed to be treated better by her parents if only she had supportive parents or something like that but it's just it's just like no she's like locked away and alone because that's what the plot calls on her to be (laughs) um it's just like impossible to feel sympathy for that character the the only the only thing that would make it not justifiable but understandable would be if like Mayu was like a recluse because she was like horribly bullied by the girls in her class or something like that where yeah like the reason she's lashing out at at girls in specific is that they made her life hell or something like that and she vowed revenge against all women or something like that but as it stands it's like in theory like adults should be the selectors cursed to this horrible fate <laughs> but again i guess she doesn't even know that adults exist because this is like some sort of magical bullshit situation where she's locked in a room like this is like literal like thought experiment level of yeah. like discussion 
where like there are thought experiments that like imagine you have a person stuck in a room that's like only black and white and then you let them see color for the first time what did they see or whatever like that's the level yeah. that we're operating within <laughs> and it's so stupid that's a really good point that that's i was thinking along those lines but like didn't have those words for it but yeah that's that's kind of perfect it really just feels like imagine a girl who never knew the outside world until she read a book yeah. about friendship <laughs> and then was given a starter deck for a card game um, which I guess, like, if you start from there, that's more interesting than the show that decides that it's only going to go there in the last five episodes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it does re read like a like a Reddit post about like, for the sake of argument, imagine like some real, yeah. like fucking I don't know like internet uh, logic uh, debate me. Kinda. Yeah, exactly, like that kind of thing. And it would literally have to be, like, a deity locked her in this room as, like, a test, and, like, she passed the test, and but by then yeah, she like was anything. so twisted from loneliness or something like that. Yeah, like, what if there was a literal, like, god for Wickross that, like, put her in this situation or whatever? Like, you know, g give me anything. I'll take it. And what if 4,000 <laughs> years later a businessman finds the ancient tomes <laughs> or makes these cards? God. Like, Okay, shout out to to Wickross. Uh, I I think we probably this probably speaks for all of us. Shout, shout out to Wickross for for making me realize just how fucking good Yu-Gi-Oh is. Not that I did not know that reading. before, but I'm like I'm like God, Yu-Gi-Oh, greatest anime of all time. <laughs> it, it made me start reading uh, the uh, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh manga, which we'll get into when we talk about what we've been doing. But like, I was like, man, I need to read this. Like, this is good. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely wild um, uh, that that this is the direction that this whole thing is going, and it's wild that apparently in her original form, uh, Kuro slash Yuki slash uh, Iona goes by like just says I'm Lurig, which maybe for some reason made me think of we named the dog Indy, but like it's so <laughs> stupid, like she's just like I am Lurig. <laughs> and and what's her face? Real Iona doesn't for, at one moment go like that's a stupid name. I'm gonna name you Yuki or whatever. She just goes yeah, yeah. Larig. That's okay. Oh, uh, it's funny too because like the subtitles differentiate it as like capital L lowercase R I G, and every other time you see Larig, it's it's all caps. Um, so it's like oh Larig, not to be confused with Larig. Um, <laughs> Please, Larig was my mother. Yeah. <laughs> uh um yeah i think i think that's all i got for this one other than i we uh we briefly get like um hanayo as yuzuki again at the end of this episode and i had another moment that was like oh right yeah the brother sister couple they're in the show <laughs> though though i will say i did laugh out loud the way they figured out who it was the email oh. address is like shadow prince 6969 like Wait a minute! I know that name. <laughs> it's my brother. And it's like, wow, that's who you wanted to. You sacrificed your soul to fuck Shadow Prince sixty nine, like girl. And in case it wasn't obvious, they do cut away back to the drawing of her, like uh, as a princess and her brother as a as a prince, and she's like scratched it out in in shadow. Um, case Casey didn't get it. <laughs> Um, also, I I just think it's so funny that like that's the reason why they're like, oh, we should go visit Hanayo, and not like, hey, no one's really checked on her since like she became you and and started dating your brother, other than that one time Ruko ran into them in the hallway and she was like, we can't be friends anymore. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> extremely funny like plot contrivance is happening there. Mm. 
All right. Uh, I think that brings us to episode 11, which is called That Window is Locked. Uh, my favorite uh, Hitchcock film. Um, mm. uh, Hanayo explains that even though she herself has fallen in love with Kazuki, she doesn't want to betray Yuzuki. Kazuki overhears this and learns the truth, leading Hanayo to try and run off, only to suddenly collapse in the process and become hospitalized. Uh, as <laughs> yeah, as Yuzuki worries that Hanaya will disappear if she can't fulfill her wish, Yuki believes uh, she can, and Ruko might be able to reach Tama during a battle against Hitoe and Yuzuki. Sure enough, Yuki manages to get in contact with Tama, encouraging her to grant Ruko's wish alongside her. Together, they make Ruko an eternal girl, showing Hitoe and Yuzuki a glimpse of the white-windowed room. Uh, where Kazuki theorizes they might uh, find the real-life Mayu. Ruko uh, and Yuki arrive at the white-windowed room to try and talk things out with Mayu, but Ulith, who appears, declaring Mayu, Mayu as her selector uh, and challenging them to a battle. Uh, as the two pairs battle, uh, Yuki starts disappearing as a result of Iona uh, returning to her original body. So Ruko takes her and goes off in search of Tama. Uh, both Ruko and Hitoe's group then learn that the real Mayu is already dead before Mayu attacks Yuki with a level 5 attack. My first note of this episode, I don't know what prompted this, is just... Uh, with like a million uh, G's to it. Uh, mm. Probably the brother-sister stuff. <laughs> well, and I, I, I screamed when um, uh, uh, Hanayo was like talking like, oh, I fall in love with Yuzuki or whatever. And Yuzuki, or with Kazuki, and Yuzuki's like, how far did you go? Have you fucked my brother? Yeah. And she's like, well, uh, we kissed. And Ruko and Hitoe are like, you kissed? And I can't tell if they're just like shocked by um, like, oh, that's so like, oh, so sexy or whatever. Like, aha, uh-huh, I'm embarrassed. Or if they're like, wait a minute, Kazuki like kissed her, his sister? Like, wait, oh no. Like, he doesn't know. <laughs> it's like, why is the show not leading to melodrama yeah. more? <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, it's... Also, like, one of my notes was, like, how fucking low stakes the first half of this episode is for the penultimate mm-hmm. oh episode. God, yeah. Like, Kazuki was like, oh, I, I... I I think he said, like, I figured... Or I thought something was going on or something like that. And, uh... Which I was like, oh, Lamau, like, ripped to the brother fucking dream. Uh, because, like, what's her face is... Uh, Yuzuki's like... No, you have to go further. Like I, it's to, it's okay. Like y- you know, you you're fulfilling my wish. You're maybe she says that later, where she's like, when she passes out, like she's like, no, you could fuck my brother. Like do it. Like fuck him, fuck him for me. But like, <laughs> Anayo as Yuzuki runs off and like falls into like a crumpled <laughs> mess. It's like a she fucking literally- Family Guy skit. <laughs> Another thing I, I posted on Twitter while I was watching these episodes, it's literally the Yamcha pose from um, uh, from Dragon Ball, <laughs> where he's dead in the crater. <laughs> it was like, so much of the show is just like unintentionally hilarious, and it's like, it, they clearly weren't going for it, but God help it if I'm not, if I'm not laughing at it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, like you said, Danielle, it's such wasted melodrama opportunity, because like, before this episode... 
um, Yusuke Nawalorig had just been like, you know, he talked about it's like when people survive a jigsaw trap. She's like, oh, yeah, actually, it, this was good for me. And I'm, I'm happy that Hanayo gets to be the one to fuck my brother. Um, and she just makes peace with it. And that's it. Like, she doesn't, like, think about it or talk about it, like, ever. Um, and then Anayo, as Yuzuki now, like, whenever we see her, they're just doing, like, lovey-dovey stuff in their, like, you know, brother-sister relationship. Like, they're going on walks, they're, like, hugging each other, or they kiss or whatever. Um, and then suddenly in this episode, it all breaks as, like, actually, I feel really bad that I've genuinely fallen in love with your brother, and now I can't fulfill your wish because I feel like I'm betraying you. And, and, and now Yuzuki's like, oh, but do it fuck my brother i don't care um it's just like this conflict came out of nowhere please fuck my brother like i wouldn't it would have been a little bit funny but i would not have been surprised if like post like yuzuki or hanayo as yuzuki getting with uh her brother um if we just never saw them ever again it's like oh no that that plot line resolves it's it's fine because it's like they, they didn't spend any time with it, but now in the literal second to last episode, suddenly it matters. I think I think they should have gone all the way. I think they should have just been like, like she should have like, how far have you gone? And she doesn't say anything. And then Kazuki walks <laughs> yeah. in in his underwear or something like that. Like, that's the level of stakes you would need for what follows. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> oh, we kissed and I'm really embarrassed now. It's like, no, you need like, you got to fuck your brother, okay? Marikata, man up and, and fuck <laughs> fuck those brothers or brother and sister like come on to be fair i think um maybe mario kata in uh 2012 uh didn't think uh, or 2014 i guess is the show uh didn't think or didn't wasn't able to get away with this if this were like a 2022 mario kata show she absolutely would have <laughs> that brother and sister <laughs> fuck. um i would on I the camera soul yeah um this is not a mario kata show but um it does make me think like um that, that maybe there's a, a better show to go to uh um but i watched the show uh scum's wish which is a show all about like messy sexual relationships like it's not particularly good but it does go for it right um and this is again just us imagining like different versions of the show that are more interesting but i would be i would be here for the brother sister stuff if they went all the way like messy with it right like have like have Yuzuki yeah. as the Larig like secretly be watching Hanayo and her brother have sex like go for it like do that shit like whatever that's way more interesting than what they did like go fucking full full mel- melodrama and also Scum's Wish way better character yeah. designs <laughs> though that might be to um, Akari Mengo's art is very, very well, good. there's there's a, a manga that or not manga excuse me a, a vn that i i read that it was adapted into an anime called uh yasuga no Sora, and it the episode structure for that is each like there's 12 episodes so each episode's like a different route so like you know one and two like are one path and then they split into like there's four different people they ends up with and the the true ending is one where he, he fucks his sister and like deals with like the ramifications of that like when his friends find out that he's fucking his sister and like in that everyone's kind of like well you know what can you do like love is love i guess and it's like wait no stop but um the like that one at least went for it like when they adapted it they weren't like ah you know they kiss or it was like no just fucking go for it like that's melodrama baby like doesn't have to be good you don't need to endorse it but at least like go for it <laughs> Yeah, if we're, if we're going to have those scenes where we see uh, 
like Hanayo and Kazuki spending time together, like have her like eternalize like, oh shit, like I know I have to like be with him because it's Yuzuki's wish, but I actually I actually love her brother. You know, like have have her vocalize that or like make it obvious that yeah. like that's what's happening and not just like last minute reveal like, oh, I really do love your brother. It also have Kazuki. I mean, he's not like a main character or anything, but like have Kazuki have some like thoughts too. Like it's a I mean, he has a little bit in the first season, I guess. But like it's it should not be like this like yeah, like we started dating and now we're all lovey-dovey and like we've not once thought about like the morality of our actions kind of thing. Like if you're if you're going to tap into this well again, like you said, have people be concerned with like the ramifications of of doing this mm-hmm. of like man how are we going to tell our mom and dad <laughs> if if they're in the picture i don't even know um you know don't just have a character be like yeah we kissed but i'm so torn up about this i have to run off and then <laughs> become yamcha yeah it's so funny <laughs> which that's another thing of like you know we we kind of talked about this last episode where we we're talking about the author character who's like, I have to, I'm compelled to write no matter what kind of thing. But this also kind of adds a question mark around like your, I guess your life has to revolve around the wish. And like, if it doesn't work out, you just die. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Like, that's great. You know, hopefully Kazuki never, you know, changes his mind about the whole thing. Otherwise, what row? You're, you know, you're kind of fucked. But the show does not really seem to care about engaging with that question mark of like, what does it mean to basically have your life on the line to maintain a relationship with someone? Like, how horrible would that be, actually? <laughs> Even if you love them now, how horrible is it both for the relationship and for your own mental health of, if this goes wrong, if I upset him in a way that he wants to end the relationship, I am actually physically dead. And the show does not care about that one bit. They're just like, yeah, they, yeah they're, they're dating. It's They're dating. And so they're dating. That's it. They're dating. Yeah, it definitely feels like something that was missing from the whole episode about uh, Futase, the like author character, because uh, like yeah, you know, she talks about like oh, it's so hard having to like dedicate myself to like being this this author um, that uh, uh, the original Futase like wanted to be, but at no point is she like yeah, if I stop writing books, like I'll die, <laughs> like that that would like completely change the like tenor of that scene, uh, but it never comes up. Um, so it's just it's just. It's strange. Lots of lots yeah. of wasted opportunity, like all around the show. But then, then um, they see so so. Ruko becomes an eternal girl. Whatever, not really important. Um, and Hitoe and Yuzuki see a white room. They see yeah. a wo- room that is white, and they go, "All right, I know where to find this now." <laughs> It'd be like if I showed you a photo of like a best western. Like room and being like, oh, I know what I know that hotel room. Like, what? Because the room that they go to is not that same room. It's like it's just a room in some manner somewhere. Like, how did they find out? Like, what is this? Like, what? Hello? Yeah, I mean to kind of trace it. This episode, I think it's I think it's Hitoe, maybe or maybe it's Kazuki. One of them goes like that looks familiar and then it's the next episode where they're like oh i know where that is and it's it's in or like okay so like i think hitoe thinks back to like the library that they were in like studying how to play wick ross in season one 
It's like, oh, it reminds me of the library. And then they go there. This is next episode stuff, but whatever, fuck it. They go there and um, it's not even in the library. It's like a separate annex that's like behind the library and has been abandoned. It's like this old mansion. Uh, and that's how we find out that like, oh, she was dead all along or whatever. Um, but it, it, it's just, it's the most contrived, like, why would you think of that? Like, how does that make sense? Other than just like, ah, f- fuck it. We forgot to work that into the rest of the show. <laughs> Um. Also, y- Iona, Yuki as Iona as Larig starts disappearing as a result of Iona returning to her original body. Yeah. Was that a new thing? I thought, she, like, the, the implication was that... Oh, wait, no, that's right. Well, at the end of last season, that's when that's when that would have happened. And I guess it's just now kicking into gear <laughs> or something? I- I have no idea. That part doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, there's a lot of this episode that I, even like looking back on, I'm like, I don't know why things happened. I remember things happening, but I don't remember why. Well, and uh, if you were confused as to why things were happening, boy, this episode 12 happened. <laughs> mm. um, I guess that we, we have one more thing to say about this episode, which is like, it ends with kind of the start of like the, the final battle, which is like Mayu using... Ulith as her Larig against Ruko using uh, Yuki as her Larig. And this is also where we learn, like, I don't know, I don't, I can't remember why she says it, but this is when Mayu reveals, oh, I've been dead all along. Um, yeah. As if that means much of anything. <laughs> well, and before that, um, uh, Yuki starts disappearing and <laughs> Ruko just, like, picks her up and leaves. Oh yeah, like still, just like within like the shadow realm. Yeah. She's just like, all right, bye. <laughs> and I what's literally, her face? Uh, I'm sorry, I have an all caps note that's like, what? She's running away with Yuki. <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> and before that, Ulith is like, oh, you didn't you like? Have you forgotten how these battles work? Like, what the rules of the battles are? And it's like you do not want to be bringing that up. And then immediately yeah. have her fucking just go, all right battle's over bye and then she just runs off and then then Iona's just like oh yeah i think i think mayu's actually dead it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah the line i have uh copied into my notes is uh her saying i'm a dead girl now <laughs> <laughs> it's like a stephen king line i also don't remember the specifics but i, I i've still been doing the thing where i just type a, a one-line uh, bullet point note of uh, uh, anytime sound crimes happen, and my last note for this episode is in all caps, sound crimes. So it must have been particularly <laughs> bad. <laughs> I, I was hoping that Mayu would, like, you know, they, they try to do, like, the, we're talking to the villain to break through to their good side or whatever. And she's trying to be like, you were just lonely or whatever, and I was like, I really want Mayu to just be like, no, I just hate you. Like, I want them to be completely wrong, and Mayu's just like, no, I hate you in specific. All right. Um, well, I guess that brings us to the last episode, which is called, uh, or it's episode 12, which is called, This Selection Is... Dot, dot, dot. What could it mean? I genuinely don't I, know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. who, who could say? Who, who um, killed Captain Alex? I don't know. <laughs> it was it was Mayu. Um <laughs> All right, uh, Tama manages to escape her imprisonment and rejoins with Ruko, who combines Tama and Yuki into one Larig, who is also named Mayu after her true feelings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> resuming, their ma- <laughs> resuming their match against Mayu and Ulith. Uh, meanwhile, Hitoe and Kazuki enter Mayu's room in the real world, 
coming, commenting on what a lonely place it is. Mayu laments how she was never given the opportunity to, quote, select before she died. Returning to Mayu's not-quite-real room, Mayu gives Ruka one opportunity to guess what color card she chose in order to win the game. <laughs> Ruko correctly guesses that the card Mayu chose was colorless, resulting in Ulith being destroyed. Afterwards, Ryuko embraces Mayu, allowing her to pass on into the other world. Ryuko then changes uh, her wish slightly so that all Larigs, including those who were Larigs to begin with, would become girls. Uh, completing their contract with the new Mayu, with the selector battles over and with all girls returning to their original forms, Ryuko awaits the day when she could finally meet Tama as a human. The show ends with Tama, shown to be a human now, sitting atop a rooftop. Uh, and that's the show sitting atop a rooftop looking like a yeah. fucking vocal also she's cover. got she's got the the oscar dark <laughs> hair now um the goth oscar dark hair now that's an Imuku. what are you doing on the roof <laughs> I, I i know there's one vocal i cover it looks like i just don't remember <laughs> i just love that the, the episode starts with tama in like a pit and it's like the fucking dark knight rises <laughs> she's like <laughs> climbing up over and over again and keeps falling i'm like no bruce you gotta you gotta rise again you got this and then she just does i thought it was a really fitting visual metaphor for me trying to finish <laughs> this 24 episode <laughs> show oh it's this supercell oh. album cover okay i don't know but that was immediately the first sure. thing that went into my brain on that yeah. final shot it would have been a more apt metaphor if a like a fish kept hitting you as you were climbing up the the like a, <laughs> Cold fish just kept hitting you back down to the bottom. Anytime yeah. Hanayu comes up, um, we get a we get a goofy goober tear scene where uh, Ruko cries on top of uh, uh, Yuki as uh, as Yuki like starts to disappear. I was so mad that like they didn't do like a fusion dance at least like they just kind of like fused together and I was like at least do something. Come on. Yeah, I also I don't think like pretty much. Uh, okay, the one Larig design I like is probably Eldora, but I don't really care for most of them in general. Like, I don't think they're bad per se, but they just kind of don't do anything for me. Even by that standard, like the the new Mayu Larig that results from Tama and um, uh, Yuki being merged together, just super weak. I'm like, really? That's it? That's like the big old, you know, final Larig of the show kind of thing? Just extremely. Yeah. Bad weak sauce the the only thing i kind of liked was like the it looks it's like a halo but it kind of looks like a snowflake behind her head it's like oh it's uh that's yuki it's that's uh that's snow i guess but yeah it's uh no, it's, just... it's the ring that appears behind the uh the shining gundam in g gundam oh there you go it's if, a very if, if you know, a you know deep cut yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, I did have a note when, because they cut to uh, them in the real world, like, in the room, and I was like, wait a minute, why is she, in? like, <laughs> at this point, I was, like, getting more and more confused of, like, why was she in this room? Like, they have they still mentioned that? Did I miss something? Like, you know, I might have been, like, doing my taxes or something. <laughs> like, did something happen? <laughs> like, and then I got really angry that Akira just left. Um, like, she's not, she's not been in this episode. She's a... In the over the credits, they cut to a brief shot of her. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, so Maya Mayu says, "I'm already dead," which uh, I wrote down. Orewa mo shinderu, <laughs> and then all caps, violent ear damage because like shit starts uh -huh. like falling apart, and it's just like 
a car wreck in your ears. It is violent against you. It is harmful. I have multiple, like, instances of uh, single bullet point sound crimes in my notes, like, back-to-back, where it just, like, kept happening. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, they just they had to get it out of their systems this, this one last episode um i i have i have this one note that i think just like subs up how i was feeling about this entire episode which is like the, at, at a certain point in the beginning of this episode like the card battle between ruko and, and mayu was still happening and i i just wrote like yeah sure whatever grow who cares anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like, like it's like the doesn't, um doesn't matter when when they were doing the uh the power rangers thing on twitch it's like grow, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, all right, comment <laughs> about growing, I guess. Like, yeah. that's the level God. of this. Like, just keep growing. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go to a, a Wickross tournament and uh, pull this gambit of being like, this is a move that can only be used once. Which, of course, because the two options are one person wins or the other person does. So that's how that works. Of course, it can only be used once. Um. And then she she guesses like oh it's colorless which I guess thematically makes sense like I I understood why that was chosen <laughs> but then Ulith is just like immediately vaporized by like a dark hand coming out of nowhere it was a very weak villain death I was like well that's kind of what she deserves just like this boring ass Thanos hand or whatever like she just vanishes it was so stupid like which. The fact that Ruko is then like, I want all the rigs to become girls again. It's like, well, <laughs> rip Bozo. Ulith <laughs> doesn't get a second chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's just too much of a joker to go back to the, the real world. We do have to talk about the whole fact that like this battle climaxes and Mayu just going like, yeah, just guess what color this this one card is and you win. <laughs> like what a what a again i think we said this about like a previous episode where it's like if it was a Yu-Gi-Oh episode there would be some bullshit card made up that's like oh the effect of my card is that if you can guess the uh the card i have face down you'll win the duel or and if you don't then i win the duel or whatever and then like yugi or whoever would like you know like call upon his knowledge of his friends and and what he knows about his enemies to correctly predict the kind of card it would be and then it would it'd be great. This is just like, uh, what color is this card? Oh, uh, you, it, uh, colorless. <laughs> um, which is like, I didn't know there would be a colorless card. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. That's like a thing in a lot of card games. But like, doesn't feel earned when I didn't know <laughs> that, that that could be an option. Well, well, to be fair, I think I would have guessed that too. Because she really telegraphs it. She says like, Ulith can control all of the colors at level 5. Which I was yeah. like, all right, whatever that means. And I think intuitively I would have been like, okay, she could control all the colors. I probably would have said white because that's like all the colors combined. But like n- none, I guess, would also like, oh, that means you control the only other thing. No colors or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, in Yu-Gi-Oh, like it would have been, Yuki would have had the card and it would have been against Pegasus. And it would have been like, well, I'm using my Millennium Eye to, to guess your thing or whatever. Ooh, like, but then Yugi doesn't even look at his cards anymore which i think is what literally happens in yeah the, it's so, the it's pegasus so duel which is so fucking cool but um uh but yeah no it's just like instead it's just like guess what i'm what i'm thinking ah you got me and then mayu is just like well you win and gives her a hug and it's like but it's not like to a hug between two characters who have like this long history it's not 
Char and, and Amaro hugging. It's it's just like you're it's Jigsaw and uh the doctor from the first Saw movie hugging. Yeah. Like yeah. Carrie Ewis hugging Jigsaw. <laughs> like that's that's the relationship that these two characters have had. Yeah, I mean this is literally the first time they've like met and spoken to each other as well. Yeah. I also I felt like I was being psyched out because like, you know, she's like, Oh yeah, Ulith can uh, controls all colors uh, available, so this card could be anything. Um, I think she also has some line that's like, "Oh, you probably think it'll be like black or white or something like that." Um, and like Ruko like looks over to Mayu, like the new Mayu, the Larig Mayu, and I'm like, "Oh, like what's what's this new Mayu's like primary like color motif? Oh, it's green. She has like green hair. That's gonna be the color because like like." something about like the 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 rig mayu is like reflecting her true feelings so the color that like you know is like her motif is like like has something to say about her like her real personality behind like all the like spitefulness and and revenge stuff but no it's it's just colorless even though she flips over the card and it's like literally emanating like white light i'm like yeah uh is that really colorless um just very dumb especially like a, a extremely dumb thing to hinge your finale on um especially when you don't even explain yeah the exactly in the show which uh, uh it made me think of the shadow games from the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga where it's like you know they when they we'll get into this later but when they they um again the manga they don't start by playing card games they start by playing like dice games or like basically yeah. like party games kind of thing with like a dark twisted thing to it um and i'm like man like Yu-Gi-Oh did this way better like Yu-Gi-Oh would have had like this kind of thing of like if you can guess the number in my hand then like you win kind of thing and then Yu-Gi would turn his hand around and it's actually like a letter and he's like aha in ancient Egypt this is you know whatever the fuck but like they could have done something cool like that instead of just guess a color uh none okay like yeah it uh is that the first time I brought up uh, the show in comparison to this one although it's probably more substantial than the last time but it reminds me of um of Kaiji which is like another show about like games. Like the first arc of that show is like glorified rock, paper, scissors, basically. But that's that's a like a manga that like does a really good job of like building up tension around a silly, like card-based version of rock, paper, scissors. Um, and we'll spend like literal chapters like between like reveals. Like that's a series that could do like a guess what color card this is, and Kaiji would spend like eight like chapters, like puzzling out like what it could be and then like having a like eureka moment like figuring it out um but like this is not the show to do it kake Garui yeah. is like the same yeah, exactly. damn thing too um, <laughs> like that kind of stuff absolutely can work in other yeah. if it's set up in a comedy show setting um i've not seen the whole thing i only saw a few episodes i think uh no game no life i don't know if that's like rare is good or not but it's the same thing where it's an izakai but is that considered is a comedy? I don't know. I, <laughs> I've never I seen it. So. I, I saw like two episodes of it. But it's basically an isekai where they, they go to a, a world where everything's decided by like games. And it's like, that's like the thing that they do is like, oh, we're going to uh, play rock, paper, scissors. And there's a whole thing of like, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to play scissors. And the other person, like the entire episode is being psyched out by being told what the other person's going to do. It's like, is he going to trick me? So I, I have to go with uh, Rock because he says he's going to do scissors. But then wait, what if he's tricking me? Then I have to go with paper. Da, 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 da. And then he, he ends up losing anyway because, uh, you know, he, he psychs himself out essentially. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that you yeah. you can do. Not just like 
but like that's the point of the show <laughs> um it's not something that they just make up because the show hates card games with a passion yeah. Like that—that's that, the whole thing, I guess. Uh, to be explicit about it, it's, it's just like the actual card game they were playing just melts away for her to go. Eh, this is boring. What if you just guessed what color card this is so we could wrap this up? <laughs> like it's—it's it's so clear it that they're just a- not interested in the like card game mechanics. And it melts away not for something like if they had done something where it's like Ruko says something that upsets Mayu so much that like the card game tables blow up and like, you know, everything's happening. And then she's like, fine, like no more bullshit. Like, this is like what we're going to do. That'd be one thing, but it's literally Ruko's just like, okay, bye. It just runs off. And then <laughs> yeah. Tama comes out of nowhere and is like, Hey, let's fuse real quick. Like it's, it's so disinterested in actually doing that, that literally they're in the middle of like, don't you know the rules of this game? And then Ulith just goes like, wait, come back. It's like, <laughs> Wait, no, stop. And then after all of this comes to fruition, you know, everyone, you know, this does not have the Madoka ending where everyone becomes a girl again, but, like, Ruko is is the gamer girl god or whatever. Um, Instead, it's, like, a bunch of cuts to different people. Like, Iona and Akira are friends again. Akira doesn't get any cup upins, which, fine, I guess. I mean, Ulith did get fucking disintegrated, so whatever, but, like, Akira's not, like, a good person. She, you know... She, yeah, she I didn't, like, get her, her. her shit fixed. Like, she, did, she didn't figure herself out. She just, like, suddenly, like, eh, it's a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. The only the only ending that I really, really liked... Um, you use a key and Hito, we were cute, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved um, uh, Shy non-Chinibio Chiori getting a note from Eldora, who yeah. very much seemed like a Chinibio... It was like, will you becometh my friend? <laughs> it's like, oh, so cute. It's, yeah, it's so cute. She gets so flustered. Like in a vacuum, I actually really like. I the agree. Scene. Yeah, it's so unearned by the rest of the show. Um, but it's it's very cute. I I wish um the show kind of built itself up to that ending more than it did. Um, but yeah, especially the Chiori stuff. Just just like Crybaby, where like in a vacuum, the emotional beats of the ending, great. But it just doesn't mm. work up, to or it, it works yeah. too fast to it. Crybaby did not have the same degree of of it, but like going back to like the whole baton passing mm-hmm. scene in the last episode, similar levels of this is great in yeah. a vacuum. Um, but yeah, no, my my final note for this series is yawn. Um, it it just just it just did not. I don't, <laughs> I was gonna say it didn't stick the landing, but that would imply that like the jump up was really really good. Um, yeah. It uh it stubbed its toe at the at the starting pistol. Like it 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 was playing the wrong sport, I guess. Like it, it, it showed up to the to the sprint uh in a uh pole vaulter's outfit. It's it's like uh they spent twenty three episodes trying to make a really nice homemade cake and then they fucked it up and then just bought a really nice like store bought one instead. It's like, oh well, you know, this this ending's nice nice and sweet, but uh you, you really fucking burnt the other one that you were making the other twenty-three episodes. They went to like the Ucrops bakery instead of Walmart though, so it's like, oh okay, like I'll eat this. Yeah. Um yeah, my final note on the show was just like, man, it's it, it's so much easier to imagine like several different versions of the show that are better, you know? It's like having like all the different timelines of like different universes like visible to you, and you're just narrowing in on the worst one imaginable. <laughs> That's the show we got. Um, 
Also, my big lament for no evil grandma. I was I was extremely mm. disappointed uh, that yeah. that nothing came of that. No evil grandma. No elaboration on Ruko's past, like when she was a child. Mm. No elaboration on her parents or parental situation. None of that. Um, yeah. And this, like you said, the show had so many. Like there could have been, if they wanted to go for this dark path where it's like, oh, when you win, you actually really don't kind of win. They could have had basically every character but Ruko become like a Larig and like still have them like be buddy buddy together but like oh they're still in a card there's stakes we got to free my friends from the card and yes I'm describing Yu-Gi-Oh but like <laughs> they could have done that where it's like oh that's the main stakes like yes they're still friends they're still pals and maybe then like when Ruko combines with a uh, or not Ruko sorry Tama combines with Yuki all the other people get involved in that. It's like this mega Lurig or something like that, you know, fucking fusion digievolutions kind of thing where you become Omnimon or Omegamon, whatever the, uh, whichever the mul- the biggest one is. But, Omegamon. um, Omegamon. Um, and like, they could have done that. They could have done one where, like, there are no stakes. It's just like a, oh, I lost. I'm not going to get my wish. Aw, shucks, kind of thing. They could have done that path. And, like, that way... That's well, so, yeah, stakes. That's... It's yeah, just exactly. Not suffering in the same. De- it's that cruel suffering. Yeah, you could have. You could have gone the dark path. You could have gone the precure path. You could have done a bunch of different paths with card games. Instead, it tried to go for like a mishmash while also refusing to engage with the card game thing. And it's one of those things where I always say, like, you know, when it comes to like good movies, bad movies, whatever. I think things are better when you engage with them on their terms. That's why, you know. Cretans are like oh you know batman and robin sucks because it's all campy and like da 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 it's so lame it's like no if you just engage with it on its own terms it's actually a good movie and, and it's campy and it's good uh this is like a show that didn't want to engage with itself <laughs> it was yeah. like ashamed and embarrassed yeah i think uh one of the things that really bummed me out about like thinking about the ending of the show is like for it for the whole point of the show to end up just being like and friendship will win out over everything else you know kind of thing it's like that's not the ending the rest of the show was building up to like this was clearly a show about like how like being a teenager is like an inherently violent thing and like just like again we talked about this in previous episodes but just like inherently cynical about like what it means to like grow up um which i don't like in general but like this is not the ending that that deserves like it doesn't really like put any kind of kind of stamp on that train of thought it's not like a oh yeah growing up is like violent and hard and like you know people are going to be out to hurt you or you're going to have these tendencies to hurt other people but like you know ultimately like you choose friendship over everything like it doesn't even do that it's just like oh yeah and then we defeat the big bad guy and like oh we're friends everything's cool now like don't worry about like all the trauma Akira had built up over this entire uh, series. Like, oh, she's good. She's she's modeling with Iona now. Everything's fine. Um, it's just like it's not earned for what the show is. It just doesn't work like on a like a large thematic level. Uh, looking back on all twenty four episodes, um, and it really makes me like appreciate how good the ending for Madoka is because like even though I had lots of problems in the early and middle chunks of that show. Like, it eventually, like, hits on a finale that works really well, which is, like, you know, like, you know, Monica has to sacrifice herself to, like, remodel the world in the way that she thinks it ought to be, right? And, like, something has to be given up 
to like create like a more idealized world and to break like the cycle of like violence and, and abuse that exist in that show. Like it's a much more like earned ending than this, which is just like, oh yeah, and then everything's fine. Like it's just, you know, I, I'm fine with that kind of ending if it's a show like Digimon or, or Yu-Gi-Oh where it's like much more like, you know, broad strokes about these things, but to have so many of these episodes that are just like so cynical about like teenage adolescence, um, especially teenage adolescence, like centered around like young girls, like for it to like not really. It's very much like the the um, thematic. Opposite yeah, exactly. Precure. Except except it ends on the way that like a season of, of Precure would end, which is like, oh, yeah, now they're all friends. Like, it's all good. We won. And it's just like it's it's so unearned. Um, like, I wish it had a more cynical ending to match the rest of the show, because I at least think that would have like felt more appropriate. I'm like really wondering where the next seasons go because okada isn't involved yeah i'm also deeply curious um i probably won't <laughs> make myself watch those anytime soon but um i would like to maybe check those out down the road well and so i was i was curious um uh with who else was involved with this you know mario okada we've talked about um and i, I don't know if we talked about like the production studio it's jc staff um they did like shokugeki no soma is it wrong to fail girls in a dungeon yes uh, prison school stuff like that a lot of like really popular stuff the director is takia sato um who uh did other side picnic <laughs> directed yeah, other we, side picnic we talked oh, did we talk about that first episode yeah okay yeah so it's just one of those things where it's like man i i don't know even without mario kata that uh future uh lacrosse things would be like wait Oh wait, sorry. I was, I was misreading the. I was like misreading who was written. Wrote wrote lost storage, which I misread as lost o rage. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, there's lost rage. Um, but yeah, uh, Mario Kata is no longer involved with the. She did. Yeah. I guess she, I was guess she she wrote the the movie, but that might be just be because it's a compilation film. But. Yeah, it's supposed to be a compilation. She did write. There's um two spinoff manga uh mm. from the selector stuff that she wrote um she's she's written a lot of uh, like standalone manga um but um i i would be curious maybe not enough to actually do it but i would be curious if the compilation film cobbles together something that works better yeah i don't think it'd be great but i think it would it would be more palatable than watching all 24 episodes or it'd be completely incomprehensible i am straight up looking on at at the uh mal reviews of lost storage and people are like oh god it's way too mm. serious and i'm like at least trying at least it's committing <laughs> to something <laughs> yeah yeah definitely would rather it go one direction very hard as opposed to still meeting meeting itself in the middle uh like this one did uh but yeah the staff for lost storage uh for both seasons is like completely different from uh this one in terms of like major staff um so at the very least it has to be like nominally different and, and co- probably kind of in the same way that like uh, i've yet to dive into these but in the same way that like the modica spinoff show is is probably significantly different from original modica in a lot of ways um uh, the vibes are very yeah. were very different when i was watching a bit of it it was I still need to go back and finish that, especially because I've I've mostly heard good things about it, and I even know the original girls um, hmm. come back in a few episodes. But like the vibes from the first few episodes I've gotten, were it's still like edgy and stuff, but it didn't feel as like cruel. There's also 
you know, we talked about you know the, the the series that we have talked about. There's also Lost Storage. There's also Diva Live. That's the newest or one. Diva Alive, yeah. That's the one to um go with the reboot uh, of the card okay. game. That one like at least looks more colorful. Um, it the the titling of it almost looks like the Live Alive, Live Alive, Live Live, Live Alive, Live Alive. Thank you. Um, like it it's like Diva A with like a circle around it, space uh, Live. It's like oh, it made me look up to like wait, is this made by the same people? Like is it a spin off of that or something? But I don't think it is. Um, but uh. At least they're they're doing idle things in that maybe I, I don't I don't fucking know but uh, it it has a five point six on Mal so whatever that oh. means uh, <laughs> read read into that how you will <laughs> that's funny oh my god and only one recommendation for it like Oof. one like other recommendation for pre para but anyway huh that's <laughs> that's the, interesting uh, <laughs> uh, this this week cross is not exactly an idle anime have some features of idols like songs but are not relevant in the plot still i'm surprised how many things the shows have in common both shows feature a virtual world where girls change appearance go to socialize and do that main world activity 3v3 girl <laughs> duels wickross have card game duels and prepara song competitions but not always mc and friends tries to get better to get higher in the rank system of these virtual worlds making friends and rivals in their way mc have in her group someone well known in their community and a classmate with a charge in her school who meets by accident and uh-huh. have to keep her identity in secret. Thank you, Mel. Uh, Mal Mal recommendations are the funniest thing on planet. It's like they're describing like video games where they're like, yeah, they're both third person action games and they both have skill trees. Uh what one of them's an open world, one of them's more linear. It's like like it's just the most like baseline like doesn't describe the story just like the pure mechanics of the thing very funny to me but pre par is is literally a show made for little girls um so (laughs) i'm very curious how well that like comparison holds up because the tone would have to be like a complete 180 from the tone of um of selector wixos for that to really match up uh i mean at least from the descriptions the tone sounds more of like straight up sports anime where you're just trying yeah. to you know be the best uh anyway i think that does it for our uh summer excursion into wixos uh diminishing returns um <laughs> yes we had very telling that we're like hey maybe these other ones are better yeah. let's talk about what they could possibly be <laughs> better wixos shows that that may or may not be out there uh but yeah, I I think I stand by what I said earlier, which is um this this really was just an experiment in um appreciating how good Yu-Gi-Oh is. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think we we need to do too big of a, like a, a a final thoughts thing. We also kind of got it out there. The show is uh mostly just badly written. It's not like super visually interesting or anything either. So uh, kind of I, I do not recommend <laughs> if that surprises anybody. Uh, I don't know. Do y'all have any final concluding thoughts or? Should we move on to uh, what other things we've been doing in our time? Yeah, it's just kind of a bummer, this show, is what it is. <laughs> it's like, hey, card game focused on, like, te- like a girls-focused card game anime would ideally be right mm. up my alley. <laughs> it had but, good nope. backgrounds. That's, that's true. <laughs> uh, I will say the, the, like, soft, like, blur uh like haze that's over everything that uh danielle you brought up last time really started to get to me this this batch um mm. 
Especially yeah. when they're in the I, white room and everything's already white, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also thinking back to when I first picked the show, I was like, there's a good chance I will either think the show is pretty good or think the show is pretty bad. Like, I was like, it's it's very firmly going to be one of those other two. I think it ended up being worse than I even, like, thought it would be, even if it was on the, the bad side of things. So, mostly a, a disappointment. Uh, but anyway, we'll we'll hopefully be watching... Uh, something more enjoyable next time. Uh, but we'll get to that after we go through uh, what other anime we've all been watching. I'll go first because I think mine should be pretty quick this time. I only watched a couple of things worth note. Um, I've been keeping up with Digimon Tamers, uh, but I watched the first Digimon Tamers movie since that came out uh, like between episodes. I like watched it in sequence. Um, it's just Digimon, but it's uh like animated for film, uh, and it's good. It's cute, <laughs> um, just like a real nice self-contained plot. Uh, Omega Mon or Omnimon, whichever the name is, uh, uh, he shows up there for for reasons <laughs> not really <laughs> important to the plot, but he's there. Um, so that was that was cute. I enjoyed that, and also just general update on Tamers. Um, their matrix evolutions have all been introduced now to up to where i'm at in the show and i just want to say that talmon is extremely cool uh and talmon's like evolution sequence is also extremely cool um and then i finished uh anime i brought up last time uh armor hunter mellow link which is uh spinoff from uh armored uh trooper votums uh it's really fucking good it's sick um for all the reasons i mentioned last time it's like you know one guy uh, taking down a bunch of mechs, uh, um, kind of like uh, in like without getting in a mech himself, like kind of like you know ground combat type stuff. It's like a uh, kind of revenge thing of like he gets done wrong uh, by a bunch of superior officers and then goes out on this revenge mission to kill them all. Um, and so each episode is mostly just like a kind of action set piece built around like a specific location with like a specific like type of character. Um, it's just extremely fucking good. Um, like not like super deep beyond that premise um i don't think but like uh extremely well executed for what it is i just lament that it has not been well preserved over the years so the only available like rips of it are like dvd quality but even then it's like dvds sourced from like really poor masters so it just like doesn't look as the as good as the show would if you had like a more um uh like a better source um, but I don't like I think Votums in general is a show that's not been well kept, even the original show uh, kind of uh, lacking in its uh, Blu-ray uh, SD Blu-ray uh, presentation. Um, so a little bit bummed about that, but uh, extremely good show uh, so far. My favorite of the Votum spinoffs. Uh, and then I only have one other thing, which um, <laughs> it's funny because I, I brought the show up last time, but I actually hadn't finished it. Um, I brought it up when we were talking about um all right, when I've talked about the uh, Wakaba Convu uh, uh, maid show that's airing. Um, but I never finished The Great Jockey Will Not Be Defeated because the fan subgroup that was summing it uh, stalled on the last two episodes. But they finally finished both of those recently. So I uh, finally finished that show. And um, it was cute. It had, a, it had like an actual ending, which I was surprised of. Um, uh, where kind of like all the characters just kind of reconcile their differences and like, you know, kind of hang out together for the last episode. It was, it was good. Uh, I think that show is like very funny, very cute. Um, the music is still very funny to me because it's got one uh, track that's just a straight up rip off of like the Wii uh, shop channel. <laughs> uh, 
but I, <laughs> I would recommend it if, it if it was something that people are interested in. I enjoyed it a lot. Glad I got to actually finish it. I can second that recommendation. Um, but that was it. I'm still watching all my like currently airing stuff, but nothing new to re- report on any of that. Uh, Danny, I am dying to hear about uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga. Oh my god. So, uh, yeah, the two things I've been doing. Uh, one is, after, immediately after finishing this, I deleted it from my hard drive. Uh, not that I had it downloaded or anything, but if I did, I would have deleted it from my hard drive. You, you, you um, metaphorically deleted it from your metaphorical hard drive. <laughs> my, my hard drive being my brain, I, I tuned it out. <laughs> um, and started reading the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga, like, like the original one, um, which... I've only gotten a few chapters in, but it goes so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, fr- from you know Joey and um, fuck, I know his name is Tristan, but I don't remember. Oh, like his Japanese it's jo- name? Like, yeah, it's like Joey Nietzsche and someone else, and then Anzu instead of uh, Tia. But yeah. anyway, um, it's like oh, like you know <laughs> Joey and and Tristan just being like huge perverts, but like with a heart of gold. Uh, uh, but then Yuki, when he goes like Yami Yuki form, holy fuck, he's just like sentencing people to a lifetime of death and despair. Like the first person, um, it's like, oh, you you wanted money from me. Uh, now because you lost the shadow game, you'll see money everywhere. Even though like in reality, he's just like rolling in muck and and trash and shit. Or like, oh, you'll see the entire world mosaiced, like censored essentially and it's just so wild it's it's such a funny thing every at the end of every chapter there's like a little like puzzle or like little game whether it's like a maze that goes along the millennium puzzle in a very like interesting way where it's like a three-dimensional puzzle sort of thing or um spot the difference between these two images or or whatever it's just so fun um it, it it's uh, uh, amazing amazing manga so far um i don't remember i think i think in the next few chapters they start doing card games um as it is they just do like shadow games like whoever can not talk or whoever like don't make a sound or um they play air hockey at one point or my favorite so far has been whoever can roll a lower number wins and yugi rolls a six and the guy the guy he's competing against throws the dice at yugi he's like while i'm at it i'm gonna throw this at you and it um yugi holds up the millennium puzzle and it cracks the dice in two so he gets a six and a one so he rolled a seven on a six-sided dice and he loses (laughs) it's like hell yeah yugi i love that for you um it's just such a fun thing and I i can't wait to read more of it um and then i'll probably watch the series as well uh it's just such a fun time um, and I, I love the, the concept of, uh, Tia, like, gets saved by Yamayugi, and she's, like, the, like, so far, she's like, man, I can't wait till I can meet him again, like, man, he's such a brave and, and lovely person to have saved me, and Yugi's just like, dang, hate to see it, um, though I guess he doesn't <laughs> know, because he, he doesn't, like, know he's being taken over by Yamayugi, um, but yeah, no, absolutely a great time, um, and then, uh, on top of that, um, I've been I finished Digimon Survive. It became a very boring experience by the end. Um, I was basically skipping through it to see if it got to something more interesting. It went from like this really interesting like take on going like getting Isekai to the Digi world, but like instead of it being like oh now we have our partners and like the power of friendship is going to get us through this, 
like the entire time they're like oh my god we're gonna die like this is terrifying kind of thing which i think is like, an interesting take like you know it would be really scary and like you don't know who these things are and like you know whatever and there were some times where it's like oh like i don't know that i can trust you anymore because i just saw one of my friends get killed by you know whoever or whatever um uh but then it just kind of became this generic we got to beat the bad guy thing towards the end um and then spoiler uh after the f final everything like after the credits and everything it's like um perhaps if this character had survived everyone would have lived and it's like don't uh -oh. fucking admonish me game <laughs> like because i know for a fact that that character could not have survived any time like the the way you survive him is or or let him make him survive is your like affinity with him to be a high enough level like you get occasional like dialogue choices and like if you choose the right one your affinity gets higher but like with this character you cannot do that you cannot get it high enough so that he survives um in the first run through um so it's like don't don't fucking do that game and don't ask me to play through the game again it's like a longer long enough game that like playing through it again even if you're skipping past all of the stuff because it's like old material takes a long time because there's load screens there's the battles that you have to do like you can't auto like you can set them to auto battle but the game doesn't go like oh clearly you're gonna win this one we'll just like skip like skip past it for you like persona 5 did that um sometimes where if you were high enough level you just auto win a fight didn't do anything of that like that it just became like this slog to get through where I, I more or less was being compelled to not have a game go unfinished. Like, I, I don't like not finishing a game. I mean, speaking of Persona, Persona released the new version of the game two years later, being like, oh yeah, just play through the old parts again, it's fine. The real, the real ending. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, like, I like Persona, though, so I was okay with that. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, you know, I, I there's, there, there's more going on in that. You have more choices and everything, so... In this, it's it's the same exact game, the same exact scenarios, barring a few extra scenes or you know different played out scenes, but everything else is the same. So, um, I was I was getting fed up with it, but it's done, it's finished. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is better. That's true. Yu-Gi-Oh trumps all. People have been arguing for ages, Digimon versus Pokemon, but really they were blinded the truth. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh trumps all. Uh, here's here's a question: How many uh -huh. so how many Pokemon are there? Uh, Daniel, you probably know this. Is it in like the 800s now the number of digimon is that even a number that people know 905 oh 905 pokemon there are 1414 digimon that's too many especially when like some of those are just like there's like devilmon and then there's ice devilmon yeah or like whatever parentheses like rage form or whatever yeah um how many Yu-Gi-Oh cards are there oh god Twenty thousand? I don't know. You're you're on the correct scale of magnitude. Okay. <laughs> in the American version, there are ten thousand nine hundred and fifty. In the Japanese, twelve thousand six hundred and sixty-seven. Wow, that's a lot of cards. Yeah. So uh, Yu-Gi-Oh just wins. <laughs> gonna be those guys that had the big deck that they like carried in, in like a sarcophagus, <laughs> like all ten thousand cards. <laughs> and all of them have to do with shuffling your deck, so you just have to keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh kings all right uh well danielle what have you been up to um i haven't been watching a ton of anime but um i'm not sure if i mentioned this last time but i'm starting to watch Yuma Musume. i'm having a good time <laughs> um 
And really the only currently airing thing I'm watching is Licorice Recoil, which I'm enjoying the girls being cute and everything with each other, but um, I really do feel like the show is not using its like setting super interestingly. So for the um, uninitiated, um, the show is about like, hey, look, there's these group of orphans we raised as like a secret police force. But the main girls, they try to solve all their all the issues with like talking things out and they specifically use non-lethal rounds and everything so we can have gunfights. But, you know, we can't have the girls God kill people. I don't know. It's kind of mm. blunted, I guess, is the word I would use. I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of thematic stuff being there that um, just um, is dropped in favor of a more, um, like, oh, you don't need violence to solve your problems type thing, which is just a little bit less interesting Yeah. when you have a setup Sometimes like that. Sometimes you need that guillotine, you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, parody, parody. Um, <laughs> I think I said this last time, but, like, the, the all the cute gay fan art I see is probably better than the, <laughs> the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, there's, like, a lot of cute scenes in the show, and that's why I'm continuing to watch it. It's just the setting gotcha. is underutilized. Because, <laughs> like, there's definitely some pretty cute scenes in the show. Um, I'm continuing to read Siva Hivi. I will circle back around once I finish that. Is that on the longer side of visual novels, or... I thought so. Sure. Yes. I'm getting, I'm getting close to the end. I'm four out of seven okay. parts completed. But, yeah, no, definitely longer, um... Definitely, honestly, like, a decent thing to compare to, um, Licorice, actually, because of, like, its contrast between, like, the cute parts and, like, the, um, absolutely horrifying parts in it. But, um, I believe that's a work that it uses those contrasts to its benefit versus Licorice. It's kind of a weakness of it. My, uh, my follow-up question about Uma Musume is, uh, are you just in the first season? Yeah, just in the first season. I know what happens. Yeah. At the I only asked season, because, so. like, I really liked the first season of that show and then was just astounded by the second season. The second season's really good. Uh, but I was just curious where you were at. Yeah, no. Good show. I ignoring the gotcha game, it, in my mind, do, does not <laughs> exist. Just like, in my mind, horse racing does not <laughs> exist. <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, no questions this week, but if you would like to send them in, you could send them in to, uh, you could DM us on Twitter. We're at under the Kotatsu. Uh, give us a follow if you haven't already. Uh, but you could also email your questions to uh, under the Kotatsu.anime at gmail.com. Uh, before we dip out for today, we'll be watching a new show next time. So, Danielle, what is your choice uh, since it's your pick next time? Hey, like, I'm the big Yuri fan, and we haven't picked, like, a straight-up Yuri show yet, or really a straight-up romance show. Sure, we watched that Your Name, but, like, not a full show, so we're watching Bloom Into You. And I know some of you are saying, like, oh, wow, picking a fucking incomplete adaptation? Nah, we're reading the manga to the end after the show ends. So for both the... Because we have to defeat the fucking <laughs> curse of yuri having incomplete adaptations so for 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 my sake as well as the listener's sake how is that working so the anime is 12 episodes right the anime okay. is 12 episodes the manga is a total of eight volumes so we'll have two episodes on the um the manga which more or less covers the first four volumes i okay. will get an exact chapter count later when it's more relevant and the second two episodes will be the two halves okay. of the remaining manga Sounds and sorry, what's the number of volumes for that? 
It's eight, so it'll be two volumes for an episode. Oh, okay. So, okay, I didn't. Well, I didn't know if it was reasonable. like the, uh, the the anime goes up to like volume six, and okay, that makes sense though. Cool. Well, look forward to that next time. I guess we'll be starting with the first six episodes of Bloom into You. Um, Hopefully, this will during this round of picks will be the. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the odds are in its favor. <laughs> um, and how sure. how is it is it like a not to say, preface preface not all Yuri is hentai or sexual. Is this like a a sexual show? Is it is it like or like a more like romantic one? Like how would you describe it as like a as a piece of media? It's very much not sex focused, but it is like high romance, right? Like you know they do like it. Yeah, it's all about the romance of the two leads and how being in the relationship affects their personal lives and how they grow both you know help each other to become a more mm-hmm. well-rounded person it's a romance show i'm excited for <laughs> characters to actually <laughs> tell me their feelings <laughs> for once holy yeah they actually fucking do i already know the two sticking points that are going to come up mm-hmm. and we'll get to those <laughs> I, was, I was curious if, if if we were pulling the hentai trigger yet but not quite maybe someday <laughs> no i mean I, I i am going to be like when we when we come around to the uh next uh one-off episode <laughs> Ooh, get ready okay. uh, dear listener <laughs> all right uh well i think that does it for the summer of wixaws 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 um <laughs> <laughs> but um uh yeah that'll that'll do it for this time um you can find me on twitter at chai underscore squared uh where can people find you danny find me at cover me and sauce on twitter and what about you danielle i am at les bunny with one n on twitter i'll mention it uh again or not again but i'll remind myself to mention it uh review us on like uh, apple podcast now i guess because uh, we uh earlier this year were finally on apple podcast and that is the platform to review podcast as i understand it so you know drop us a review if you listen on apple podcast and like us or if you just have apple podcast and can review us <laughs> even if you don't listen to it on uh, us on there then uh, yeah do that that'd be cool uh but yeah that's it for us this time um danielle why don't you take us out of here yeah so be crimes do gay and maybe we should have stopped after (laughs) the first season (laughs) see you next time (laughs) 